Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. This is weird. It is, but it's fun. It is fun. We're going to do an intro where we are together. For those of you watching or listening to the audio, we are in my backyard in our smoking lounge studio. We call it the Hoosier Hysterics Herferina. <laughs> Just right there. I saw it form in your head. Yeah. I was really impressed. There we go. It's our Herferina. And uh, we get to smoke. We've got a microphone. It looks somewhat professional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, sure it does. We're going to do a lot of things today. We've got a big show on tap. We're going to recap our trip to Bloomington. We have an extremely special guest. And there's been a lot of news that we need to kind of touch on. So let's start there. Well, let's start somewhere else. Who makes this possible? Well, this is the biggest news of all. We are powered by... CommunityCars.com Fade out, we talk over it, sounds professional. Yep, yep. Okay, and then now it's just quiet enough that we can really get into what's next. Let's talk about communitycars.com for a second. Okay. Well, no, longer. I think they paid for like a minute. Right, they were times 60. <laughs> uh, how about this? You want to talk about people that take care of you? Community Cars takes care of you. We go to Bloomington this weekend, and we'll talk about this. Yeah. But we get there. We get in our car. Flat tire. I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. I've had like three in the last year. But you know what? I've been on my own Ward Island trying to figure out how am I going to get this flat tire fixed? What am I going to do about fixing this flat tower? Tower. Fuck. Did you try to correct yourself saying tire and you said tower, tower again twice. yeah <laughs> damn it but the point being is it was rough i was all on my own i didn't nobody had my back no one but somebody had our back we called community cars we were told get on the ameriplex there's a holiday inn there's a gas station in front of the holiday inn pull over the troops are on the way it was like calling the wolf Yes, from Pulp Fiction. He just, he told us, he knew where we were, yeah. where we had to go, mm -hmm. and he immediately had uh, his army of community cars, I don't want to say volunteers, because I'm sure he pays them very, yes, very they work well. For them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, community cars is not a non-for-profit organization. Uh, but they, they had a, not any brand new vehicle, well, of course, it's not a brand new vehicle, it's used. Yes. Like all community cars. But it was a bright blue we're going to call Colts Blue. Sure. Colts yeah. Blue F-150 pickup truck extended cab. And also it had some sort of graphic that said F-4X. 
Like, I don't know if that's like, like a for four, Xavier Johnson, for Xavier Johnson, four wheel drive. Yes. That car showed up within minutes. We swapped it out. And there we had our vehicle, our chariot for the weekend, which was ridiculous and so much fun to drive. Uh, we we did not. We promised that there was going to be jello wrestling in the back of that cab. Yeah. Uh, but considering it was little five, we figured jello wrestling might get us all into trouble. And community cars really didn't want to be associated with something like that. And I didn't want to be associated with jello <laughs> yeah. wrestling with you in yeah. the back no, of that. Nor I with you. So communitycars.com. The point is these people take care of you. If you're buying a car, they're going to walk you through the process like a friend would. They're they're going to do it any way you want. You want to do it on the phone? Call them. You want to go in person? Go in person. You want to do it on the internet? Do it on the internet. You're anywhere in the world. Well, I should say world. Anywhere in the Continental 48, go through your specs, send them the specs, negotiate the deal. The car gets delivered to you. Communitycars.com. They're a pillar of the community. Evan Martin and his family are huge supporters of IU Athletics and are our partner for Hoosier Hysterics on the Learfield podcast, Varsity Podcast Network. Smooth. Do you think Do you think they're okay that I dropped the F-bomb during the read? Nope. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. All right, so let's hit some news. Big news yesterday. It's official. We kind of expected it. Jordan Geronimo officially back. JG. hey Look, we're all so bullish on this kid. Uh, we, we had hopes his freshman year last year, he showed flashes, some real flashes coming on strong late in the season. And I don't think there's been anybody that Hoosier fans have talked to us more about out on the message boards about just really hoping this guy comes back so we can see him truly flourish. I'm not sure we win our first NCAA tournament game in six years. If it's not for Jordan Geronimo in that Wyoming game. He, he was certainly the MVP of the second half. Yeah, I mean, and that, that half got close. I mean, that was tight, and then he hit some big shots and made mm-hmm. some big plays. And, yeah, it's Jordan is the guy that college basketball used to be about, right? Yeah. It's tons of potential, really raw, but you get to know him. You get to know his personality. You get to follow his career over multiple years, and we will have Jordan for at least three years. Yeah. And, and we know there's been a lot of talk about what's Jordan going to play next year. Well, look. Jordan wants to play it, and the staff seems on board with him playing the three and seeing if he can. That changes a lot on, I think, the ceiling of this team. If Jordan Geronimo can be effective at the three with his athleticism, his size, Mm -hmm. his versatility, if he can guard threes on the wing, and if he can not turn the ball over, Jordan Geronimo is a three. Playing a long trace and race is a big deal. We'll out-rebound every other team two to one. Seems like it. It seems like it. And defensively, I mean, his length, his yeah. athleticism. Jordan Geronimo blocks shots. Like you've got Trace, who's obviously, if he comes back, we should say that if he comes back, you've got two shot blockers in there that can really alter shots. So huge news there. Um, recruiting, you know, it's a huge recruiting time. This was the second April recruiting weekend. And it does seem like it's starting to narrow in a little bit on who Indiana's focused on in 23. It seems like a priority is this Page kid from the Atlanta area, a big man with a lot of skill and a lot of upside. K.J. Evans out of Mount Verde, mm-hmm. highly ranked, didn't have a great weekend uh, showing his skills, but clearly that's a priority. Stoyakovich, Page's son out in California. I, I, I just can't help but think that kid's going to be – a really good shooter. Yeah, it just seems like how can he not be? <laughs> yeah, and that that this is uh, what 
is really been slept on because it's going to be relatively rare. But we all know about uh, what Mike Miller's kid that every, we all wanted. He ended up at Creighton. Did he play this year? I did not hear much about yeah, him. Yeah, And so, but that every once in a while, there's going to be a really good prospect coming up whose father was in the NBA. Right. And like, is that, do we have an inherent advantage, advantage there? And it seems like in this one, I mean, we're kicking the tires probably because we think we have a chance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's in California. So I don't think we're going for him unless we think there's some in that we can have. Because getting a kid from California to a highly ranked kid from California to Indiana is difficult. Uh, what, like Joe Hillman was the last one? Mandeville. Mandeville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, they told us to stay the hell away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't go anywhere near that kid. Right. So um, so there we go. Uh that's going to be a big deal. And then, um, you know, there's other kids. There's another kid from California who also didn't have a great weekend. Dunlap, Brady Dunlap, who plays just down the street from here. I feel bad for these kids that, you know, one bad weekend, you know, you're jet lagged. One anyway. bad game. One bad game. If that's the game that the coach that is recruiting you happens to be at. Yeah. It could change what that coach thinks about you. For sure. And I, you know, and that does play into, uh, we were talking with somebody who would know, but will remain nameless, about how the pressure gets like ratcheted up from high school to college, college to NBA, NBA to NBA playoffs, right? Like that it each tier just it gets more intense. And who was that? I'm not gonna say. It's Why? it's part of it's part of a no, you can say who we talked to about that. That's okay. Are we gonna talk about it later? No, I'm spacing on who it was. It, it's there's the say block, it there's this block of time we're not going to talk about yeah but you can say who that was that we had a conversation with Quinn Buckner boom so he would know Quinn Buckner would know we did run into Quinn this weekend and had a little bit of a conversation with him had a great conversation with him. yes um and so my first ever conversation with Quinn Buckner and and man what a treasure for Indiana University um, but if I had remembered that it was Quinn Buckner, I would have understood why you didn't. I was trying so hard. I'm sorry. To get you Screw to it. Yeah. All right. So, um, um, but but obviously, I mean, Quinn still cares so much. Like he is so invested. He is. He is very much a part of the program now. Obviously, being on the board of trustees for a long time, it's like he's been very invested and committed and a part of IU. But just he is so now involved with. Well, one of his best friends is running the program. It's awesome. So it's really awesome. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Like you just don't know. And there is so much pressure on these kids at the AAU circuit. You're right. But it's it's, crippling. It's but it's also a good time to be like, do you step up when uh, the pressure's on? Totally. And then you and I were talking off air about this just beforehand. The kids that we're in on that we're looking at for 24 and 25, if you go down the list, a lot of top 50 kids. I mean, we are we are going after big name people. And you kind of see like the 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 evolution of the Woody era started off like there was an opportunity for Tamar Bates, grab him with 22. CJ Gunn was already on board. Uh, go get Jalen Hood Shafino. Oh, there's an opportunity for Malik Renault. Caleb Banks, good, good guy that's like, you know, top hundred. 23 in on KJ Evans, trying to get paid to Stoyakovich's kid. Um, get Cape Cups and Ja'Kai Newton on board. And now you're rolling. And now it's like, we're only going for cream of the crop 24 and 25. Well, when you see the other interested schools for so long, we've been used to be like going up against like Virginia Tech and Cincinnati. Yeah. But now it's like Kentucky, Alabama, Oregon, 
uh, occasionally, you know, a North Carolina, Kentucky guy. And to feel like we've got a legit shot because in this conversation we were having, it's like Jay Wright's gone. Um, coach K's gone. Coach K's gone. Roy Williams is gone. Everybody knows that Calipari is a terrible coach. Yes. So there's a real opportunity here to come in with the bona fides of Coach Woodson and his NBA experience and offer these kids something on par or superior to the other top options. And compared to like these days of like almost exclusively being in the four stars, occasionally tossing our ring, our hat into the ring for a five star and just being like, well, that's not going to happen. It's like, Oh no. Like these are mostly top 40, top 50 and occasionally, well, this guy's 74, but they think he'll be higher in the next evaluation period. So it's, it's fun because if that's all you're recruiting and you've gotten three in the last year, you got to figure, well, this is just who we are now. Yeah. Now, I will say this. The other big piece of news that is not directly Indiana-related, but it is Indiana-related, is the Nigel Pack deal. (sighs) Nigel Pack, it was announced seconds after he committed that he got a two-year, $800,000 deal to go play at Miami. And I did say it that way on purpose, because that's what happened then. A company came in and worked with Miami and they coordinated and they gave him $400,000 a year for two years. It is clearly the thing the NCAA is saying don't do. So we'll see if the NCAA has any balls and any teeth because that is clearly an inducement. And he chose to go there in large part because there was close to a million dollars waiting for him. And that deal has caused some reverberations through college basketball where it makes everybody go, wait a minute, where's my money? It's what's going on with the wide receivers in the NFL right now. It's like you got one guy who's a B player and he gets A money. And then, you know, then you got a couple of A players being like, well, like I need more than that. And then it just just really overinflates the whole market. And we just got to hope, like, I mean, it, it – I don't think that can sustain itself. And he had, didn't Miami already get in trouble for the, the football thing? Well, you say trouble. Gym? I don't know what trouble they got in. There was clearly some talk that what they were doing is not right, but I don't know if they canceled the deals. I don't, I don't know. Here's well, what, what I do know. It wasn't a big enough deal that it prevented them from doing exactly. This. Here's what I do know. NIL matters. It freaking matters. And it's why we started the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective very soon after NIL became a thing. We jumped in and tried to form a platform where we can accept money from anyone. We can accept $5 from somebody who wants to contribute, and we can accept $100,000. We can accept money from you. Exactly right. HH. For those who weren't watching the video feed, I was pointing at the camera, not at Eric. That's right. When I said you, I meant you, the listener, not Eric, my friend. (laughs) Although, although we give money too, HHNIL.com is our website, HHNIL.com. I, again, I know I've talked about this many times, but here's what we do and here's why it matters. We collect money from everyone. We aggregate the money. We take your $25 a month, which is incredible, at HHNIL.com. You can set it up for a monthly contribution. We aggregate it together. You get 1,000 fans giving $50. You have $50,000 to go make an NIL deal. We make those NIL deals legally and within the rules. Once guys are enrolled in Indiana, when they can make NIL deals, we will reach out and make aggressive deals. And those deals get shared with everyone. 
When Indiana brings kids on campus, they make presentations to them to say, this is what is happening right now with kids at Indiana. You want to come to IU? Rest assured, there are deals that you will be able to have access to. We play within the rules, but we are aggressive and we are going to make aggressive deals and impactful deals. And we need to. And look, there's Hoosiers for good out there. And what they're doing is great. Support them wholeheartedly. They made big deals with Trace and Race and a bunch of other athletes from a bunch of different sports. Good for them. They're focused on people that have been at IU for a while. You know, the Trace and Race obviously have been there three and five years respectively. Upperclassmen. Great. We're going to make aggressive deals with basketball players primarily, football players if, we, if, if there's opportunities. We've made some female basketball deals as well. But we always make those deals because they help us make or raise money that we can focus on IU basketball. That's our primary focus. It matters. Hoosiers for good is great. We have a niche as well, and we need your help. Uh, I put this out to my frat bros on the text chain, and one came back with, from, 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 call me old-fashioned, but I just don't like to pay players. Well, you are old-fashioned. That is no longer how college basketball works. That time is over. It's done. Another fraternity brother who already contributes. The microphone isn't plugged in. The microphone is not plugged in. Was it plugged in when we did the test? No idea. All right. Okay, the microphone's plugged in. I'm sure we sound way better. Stone cold <laughs> idiots. Look, this is a very important point I was making. It wasn't me who made it. That's why yeah, it's important. Sure. It was Jeff Birch. God bless Jeff Birch. Already a monthly contributor to uh, the, uh, what is it? H-I-L-N-N-F-T. Do you not know the name of our own collective? Is it H-H-N-I-L.com? Yes. Yes, it's H-H-N-I-L.com. <laughs> and Jeff Birch, God bless that man. He came back on the chain and he's like, look, I look at it as like paying for a streaming service, like Netflix. Are you watching Indiana basketball? Do you want the content of Indiana basketball to be more entertaining, more enjoyable, more satisfying? Do you want it to bring more joy into your life? How is that not worth 10 bucks a month? Or a thousand bucks a month. Even better. <laughs> but if 10,000 IU alum who watch every game want it to be better games with better players, with more Indiana victories, and they all gave 10 bucks a month, we'd be unstoppable. We'd have all we need to make the deals with these young men. And again, like as soon as they're at IU on campus, we'll talk to those players uh, and, and just make sure that they are taken care of, that they want to stay at Indiana yes. University because it's also about keeping them, not yes. just getting them. And then future recruits, all these studs we're talking to two, three, four years down the road. Two, three, four. How about KJ Evans? Don't you think KJ yeah. Evans is going to have a conversation with his friends that he just played with at Mount Verde? For Jalen sure. Hood, Shafino, and yes. Malik and go, what'd you guys get? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think I can get that. Yeah. So we have to make that happen really soon because now. these guys who are seniors are going to be seniors are already looking at that stuff. And if you don't believe us, how important NIL is talk to any assistant coach in the NCAA today, you, you, you have, I'm sure, you know, everybody out there has at least two or three that they can just pick up the phone sure, and call right Rolodex. now. Or if you run into them in Kroger, ask them how important it is and they will tell you. All right. So that's, what's going on. Kind of the news situation. That's what's fit to print, as they used to say. 
used to. Let's get into our weekend. Okay. We wanted to go to IU for several reasons, and we picked an unbelievable time to go to IU. We flew in on Wednesday afternoon, late evening, and the first thing we did was met up with a legend. The one, the only, Michael Lewis. Had dinner with Michael Lewis in Indianapolis, the northeast side of Indy, no big deal, passed uh, by Fishers and Carmel. <laughs> oh, I, uh, you know, look, Eric got a geography lesson in the west and north side of Indianapolis, cruising the 465, um, and you were you were talking better game back down in Bloomington. It seems like it's already starting it's to... Fall away from your memory. Yeah. We had a great dinner with Michael Lewis, who is kicking ass at Ball State, has had some big recruiting wins already by keeping some players that everybody thought were going to go to the portal. He's got that new head coach glow. He does. We just saw him at this great restaurant, Provision. Yes. And he just looked like a million bucks. He looked like a head coach. He, he did. He did. And uh, and look, we, we love Michael. He's a friend of ours. He's an IU legend. And I think while we sort of were been rooting for UCLA – you know, as our side sure, piece, as he sure. said, our West Coast side piece. Now it's like, you know, I don't think any of us are are uh, uh, hate Ball State the way we do Purdue or right. Kentucky. So I think we all get to root for Michael now um, uh, over however many years uh, in Balls. I, I feel better rooting for him at Ball State than I do at UCLA. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that was really fun. And then we hit the road again to get down to Bloomington late night. And on the way down, we thought, you know what? Why not give another friend of ours a call? He's been in the news lately, not for all good things. But Dane Fife is still living in Bloomington. He's a friend of ours. He's still an IU superstar who helped lead us to in the national championship game, a Big Ten title, and our last Final Four. Still a wildly entertaining human being. Totally. So we called Dane up. Turns out Dane was going on vacation the next day. We're like, well, we're going we're gonna to be in Bloomington in like an hour. Why don't you just... Uh, open the doors to your house. That, that, that I I expected. We talked about that, that we would, hey, if Dane's available, if he's up, if you'd like to hang yeah. out, let's see. But this is where you really blew me away because we were just leaving this incredible dinner where Great we ate dinner. steak. We had dessert of like donuts, donuts. and ice cream. Yeah. And within a half hour, you're on the phone with Dane inviting us to his house. And then you tell him to order a Big Ten special. I do. I do. Although I do want to back up one more step to say that when we were talking about where to meet and there was nowhere really to meet at 1140 at night on a Wednesday, even though it was little five week, Dane suggested we meet him at Kroger. <laughs> so always open. And there was a consideration of that, like just the three of us at the frozen food section, chopping it up. So went to Dane's house. Kids asleep, wife asleep, we come crashing through, and we just had an awesome, fun conversation with Dane. He's doing well. He's looking around for what the next opportunity is. Uh, chopped it up, enjoyed some Pizza Express breadsticks and pizza. We we finally got to express, you know, our, our, our opinion, how we've got fucking, pardon my language, Rafael Davis, who was a friend of the show, so I can't really shit on him, but he's a Purdue guy, and Robbie Hummel, and Jess Settles, all these guys at Big Ten yeah. Network do Bardo. Bardo, we need a Hoosier in there. And, and you know, look, Dane gets back into coaching and does that whole thing. This doesn't prevent that. But I'm saying if he just wants to, like, take a, take a, a break, take a breath, 
figure out what's next, we need to get him on the Big Ten Network. Couldn't agree more. Dane would be an endlessly entertaining broadcaster. The only problem will be time constraints. Look, we asked him. We were like, can you actually do a 30-second soundbite? He said he could, and I believe Yeah, him. he didn't give us an example of giving us a quick soundbite. He said he'd need to prepare to do that. Yeah. So uh, did that, head back over to uh, the graduate, and I think we just called it a night the first night, right? We didn't hang out that night, did we? We were pretty pooped, and we knew we knew that this this was one of our longer stays in Bloomington. It was going to be we had to pace ourselves. Yeah, it was going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And when you knew, like we knew, we could have taken off Friday night or Saturday morning, but we we knew Little Five was on Saturday, and Eric had never been to a Little Five. I had been to four Little Fives, but didn't remember any of them. <laughs> so we said, okay, this is this is a, a good first day. Um, and we had a very big Thursday to prepare for. We did wake up Thursday and uh, not going to reveal all the details, but had several uh, meetings about a big event that we are looking at doing August 18th to the 21st. And when I say a big event, I mean the weekend is an event. I mean many big events. Many big events. The weekend of August 18th to the 21st, we met with Coach Woodson. We got to sit down with Coach Woody and talk about those events. We met with the IU Athletic Department, who is squarely behind these events. And, and you know, I've met most of those people individually or in twos and threes. But to be in that that conference room with the whole squad, the all-star team that Scott Dolson has assembled, uh, wow, that was so energizing. That was so fun. Um, that b- between the people involved uh, and I think the people who are going to attend, yeah, we're talking to you, it is going to be – the greatest possible weekend for an IU fan, um, certainly that, you know, without there being a football game or basketball game, what is going to go on that weekend is unmissable. I don't care if you're planning on getting married that weekend. Change it. Change it. Incorporate it. But make sure you're going to be in Bloomington August 18th through the 21st. Yes, and we will have more information and details and signups because there's going to be limited slots for some of the events. Uh, and for others, there will be plenty of, of participation available, but we will give those details very soon. Uh, really excited about that. After that, had a great lunch at Uptown. I mean, oh. just freaking phenomenal. Well, it was off to a bit of a rocky start when I was asking if the orange juice was fresh squeezed. Yeah, I mean, Ward got into this whole concentrate bullshit, <laughs> fresh squeeze. I didn't mean for it to spiral like just that. Just a snob. I You're just, an orange juice snob. Well, that's y- fair. You're that, a coffee snob and an orange juice snob. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, me, I like concentrate. I would stick a straw in the con- – I would eat concentrate just by itself. That's how you were raised. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but it was, as always, a phenomenal meal. It was. Then, a big reason we were in town, we got to go over to Memorial Stadium and meet with the football program. And they were going to put us through some workouts and some different positions. We got to first meet Coach Cam and Coach Jordan. You made it put like put us in different positions. Like oh, that the, sounded bad. Right. Well, no, but they did put us in different <laughs> positions, and it was bad, and it was horrible <laughs> for everyone. And we did strength and conditioning. Got a little taste of that. Look, I'm not in great shape. Better, better than we were when we did the basketball. We were both yes. in better shape for this than we were for Cliff yes. Marshall in the sand pit or or the ladies team. But they activated muscles that I am still paying the price for. 
that I didn't know I had and had never used before. Yeah, and in fact, I have some video of it that we're gonna put out. We're gonna put out some extensive video later this week, but you could play a video of it right now. Here comes some clips straight from our trip. All right, ready? Out. Oh no. And out. And two. Out. And three. I want to hear it. Out. And. So they all went to nice. But I can't trust you. Draw to the back. Come on, E! Come on, E! <laughs> that doesn't help. That doesn't help. It just makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. You got two sets of imaginary hurdles on either side of your body. You got to clear every single hurdle. Knee high, knee up and over. There you go. Oh, knee high. This is good for the hips. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, guys. My hips are pretty open. So after doing strength and conditioning where my legs were not working anymore, it seems like the perfect time to get with the wide receivers coach, Coach Adam Henry, and do wide receiver drills, which I was super excited about. And you know what? You should have been because you're a natural kid. <laughs> you really are. Like, like No look, speed. Look. What? No speed, though. Well, I have no speed. Look, I, I mean, uh, all you had to do was be faster than me. But I wasn't. That, yes, actually, you were because I was I was running backwards. I was the DB. No, right? no, yeah, but I mean, good offense beats good defense. Well, uh, turns out bad offense beats bad defense. <laughs> bad offense <laughs> beats worse defense. Yes, yes. Uh, really fun. I want to say this about all of the football stuff we went through. I am a casual football fan. I love football. I love watching football. You are an even more avid football fan than me because of the Colts. Well, and you you never played football. Right. You know, flag football with friends, but I never played organized football. Like, you had never put on a football helmet. I had never put on a football or helmet. Or shoulder pads until this weekend. Correct. Which was, like, a, a news to me. Which we will get to how difficult that was. <laughs> yeah. There is video evidence of that. Yeah, well. we'll get to that. Uh, but we... Um, you're right. I, I had I did not have that kind of access to it. You'd never been coached in the game of football. No. The intricacies that are involved in the game of football, the technical aspects to it on footwork, body positioning, how you bend, how you stay in, in football-ready position, what you do with your hands for catching. Where you're looking. Where you're looking. It is so impressive. The guys that do this for a living, the coaches, and all the coaches we got to meet with were super impressive, super magnetic. Like, you just wanted to be around them. Coach Adam Jones, uh, the wide receiver coach, was, or I'm sorry, Adam Henry, was so cool. Like, you just wanted to be around him. And so we got to run routes. We got to catch balls. We got to wear the gloves, which I do think help a lot. The gloves are so cool. Yeah. Uh, of, look, I... We this, stole them. We stole them. Well, I do think Jeff, who takes such good care of us, that I mean, they gave us a, 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 a backpack full of IU football swag. That is the greatest swag bag I've received in my yes. life. This is I'm wearing the, the hoodie right now. Now, they did give us stuff they wanted us to wear because they knew they, they were promoting IU football, including compression underwear and compression shirts. We're in the locker room. We're about to start some workouts. <laughs> I, I've got a cover up there, a little too revealing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't even know what to say about this. Say if, if you, <laughs> Why are you walking like that? Because everything's being squeezed. Every, everything's being squeezed. I am out of breath <laughs> just from putting on the attire. I'm out of breath out of embarrassment <laughs> of what my body looks like. I can't even go waist down. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, as, as my girlfriend Holly has multiple times said, when I wear something that's too tight, mm -hmm. you're just leaving nothing to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say these leave nothing to the imagination but let's see how we do this it just goes to show uh that the 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 bodies of division one football players and ours are like two different species it's two different species <laughs> we might as well be like quadrupeds we are missing a chromosome <laughs> because these compression first of all they don't feel good they leave nothing to the imagination. I feel like you have to have muscles to compress. Otherwise, it's just squeezing your... Just fat. Yeah. Just, you look like you're just cinnamon rolls <laughs> everywhere. It pushes it out. It, instead of just like... It's not like Spanx. No. It just like pushes it out in the worst places. Well, the thing with compression is at some point, the stuff's got to go somewhere. <laughs> right. So it just collects it all in one place and makes it less flattering. Um, but that was really fun. Now, in the middle of... We're sweating. I mean, I am sweating. My nose is running. I don't know what's that about, but every time I put that football helmet on, my nose ran. We have debate. You think it's sinus pressure? Yes. I think it's some sort of like humidity, a humidifier that's going on inside. But I had the visor. You're the visor. So I feel like it was like trapping uh, moisture inside my face. In the middle of wide receiver drills, here comes Coach Tom Allen, who got to see us on his field being if we're being honest about it defiling yeah desecrating that sacred ground though he like the football players off like on the side door yeah. who were watching for some reason they all couldn't stop giggling i know what were they laughing at i don't know maybe somebody told a funny joke and kept telling it over and over again <laughs> lots of funny jokes being repeated so he comes out laughing and i take my helmet off Give him a big hug. You guys know who Coach Tom Allen is, filled with enthusiasm, filled with positive energy, intense. And we just start talking about the team a little bit and the seasons. And we're talking to him for quite some time, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And as it's going on, I realize like there's some some hair like trapped in my helmet over my eye. And it's like beating with sweat. I'm like, wait a second. I, I still have my helmet. Yeah, on. rude. It was rude, actually, to have yeah. your helmet on while we were talking to him. And so I, I kind of like, you know, not wanting to distract from the conversation, I reach up to, to you know, pop, pop the strap off so I can take my helmet off. But all it does is tighten it. It just tightens it. And it starts to push my jaw so close to, to my teeth that I, I'm, I'm, well, I would have trouble speaking. And all I'm seeing is I'm focused on Coach Allen, but I see a lot of commotion going on to my left. And I don't know what's going on until 10, 12 minutes into this conversation, we're having this great, insightful conversation. And Ward jumps in with what I'm sure will be one of his great questions or great points. And he just goes, uh, hey, guys, coach, uh, can you help me take off my helmet? <laughs> which which we've seen Tom, Tom Allen's quick to laugh, smile, enjoy a joke. But he lost it. He lost it. It was so funny. Like, Ward, we're having this great conversation, and you realize Ward can't get his helmet off. That's what he's been doing for the last 10 minutes. And he decides he has to ask the head coach of Indiana to help him get his helmet off. I had a lot more faith in him helping me than you. Sure. And I did ask him in that moment, has anyone in your history, long history of being involved in the game of football, 
ever asked you to help them take off their helmet? And he responded, absolutely not. (laughs) And to my credit, this was a new type of helmet strap. You had the traditional buckles on and I helped you buckle that where you just kind of snap it on and off. Well, and I had plenty of trouble with that. Let's be honest. (laughs) I had real trouble getting that on and off. Not in front of coach Tom Allen. No. And I didn't ask him to help me. So the kind I have is like this, it's like a, 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 I don't know what else would you compare that to sort of like, you know, the cuffs they put you in and it's like the drawstring, but then you have to, on these, you have to push a button and it opens up and yeah. then you can slide it out, which, which coach Tom Allen did with ease. ease. And so you, you in essence were strangling yourself. I was, I was just, <laughs> instead of trying to, to, instead of popping it off, it merely tightened it. So uh, we finished our workout with coach Adam Henry. Uh, we are dead tired, but we didn't get a lot of cardio. We worked more on weights and stuff. And we thought, why not get a run through campus? Listen, I run fairly regularly on my treadmill. We didn't talk about Cam and Jordan putting us through the exercise in the, in the training and weight room. Did we? Yeah. Well, we we kind of touched on it where there's something you want. We were going to show the video. Oh, I wanted to shout them out specifically. Oh oh, yeah. yeah, We did talk about them. You said their names. Yes. During this podcast. This has been a trend all weekend, by the way. (laughs) Yes. But not just by me. You forgot. You said we were going to circle the square. We'll get 30 into that. seconds later. You you forgot we what both, day, day it was. That's true. I did. <laughs> I did confuse the days. But yes, I shouted them out. They're awesome guys. They put us through several workouts. I said they activated muscles that we have never even used before. Yep. I and remember that part. They the, the, the most painful one was where they made us get on the ground. On the carpet. Gonna burn pretty quick. Yeah, burning. It's an anti-rotation exercise. You want to prevent yourself from rotating. Yes, you can. That's my force ability. Oh, do we still have? I may have yours or worse or mine. A little red mark there, but I had a rug burn that is just, (laughs) just brutal. So let's just say we were the least in shape people that they've ever worked with. But they put us through triceps, biceps, squats, bench press, and everything with like a little twist to it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay, we're going to do the bench press, but it's going to have rubber bands on it. Yeah, to make it harder. Oh, that's what we need. Yeah, we don't need anything <laughs> to be harder. So that was the end of that. We went for a run through campus. It was lovely. It was very hard, though. My legs didn't work as much as they normally do. It, we were running down Indiana towards like the Sigma Chi house. And like half a dozen women from, I'm guessing the, the, the ladies cross country team, maybe the track team. Or just six in shape women. No, they were, they were a part okay. of the team. They okay. had all the same clothes on and they just jogged past us. Slowly. Oh, I'm sure that is the slowest they ever jog. And, just and we got in right behind them to start jogging. To, to draft. And, and they just separated themselves immediately. 30 seconds later, I couldn't see them. Part That's of how it, far in front of us they were. They might have been creeped out. Yeah, yeah, it does it does increase your speed when there's two mid forties idiots behind you? <laughs> but I just breathing hard. No, but they, the thing is, they they didn't increase, they didn't accelerate at all. No. They they just flew on. Yeah, and, they, and so we another reminder of how bad a shape we were in. And then came uh, the nighttime. At uh, where did we have dinner that night? Was that that was not Zagreb's? Oh. We had pizza that night. We had Mother Bear's we pizza. We had Mother that. Bear's pizza that night. So good. So, I mean, always good. Then Little Five Weekend really began Thursday night. You don't want to talk about going to Chocolate Moose? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's part of it. We went to Chocolate Moose. 
I ate a gallon of ice cream. I had a blizz. Yeah, I love chocolate mousse. I really do. And by the way, I didn't need that after the Mother Bear's ice cream. I didn't Mother realize chocolate mousse was no longer like a stand you walked up to. Big deal. I, it's it's multiple it's, locations. Yeah. Well, we learned that too, didn't we? I learned we it did. a couple times. The hard way. <laughs> so uh just the the best thing that the city of Bloomington has done in decades is close off Kirkwood at various places, two places to on to to driving traffic and just making it a party. Tables out there in between Nick's around the village deli, upstairs, just people flowing in between bars over by uptown. Obviously, that's where they've they've closed it down also. That's more for restaurant traffic, but it is alive on Kirkwood. And this was the first time we've seen it since we started Hoosier Hysterics. Because even before COVID, we'd go back and it was usually pretty damn cold. We'd go in basketball season. Basketball season, but a lot of times it'd time out with like a, a holiday weekend or finals or the your students yeah. are gone. And, you know, I, I sort of sort of accepted that Bloomington wasn't as uh, exciting and energetic and alive out on Kirkwood, out on Walnut, like it was when we were there. Because all I just remember is like, it's a lively party every weekend especially when it's warm so to see it back in full effect and for all these kids who haven't had that for because like, of covid because of covid for two years it was not only so so lively and and just boom crack a lacking with energy yeah. it was happy everybody was so happy yeah and keep this in mind if you're a junior at indiana this is the first time you've experienced a little five weekend that is alive because mm -hmm. of covid if you are a senior the first time it happened to you was when you were a freshman and now you've had two years of not having it. This is your last go. And so there was an added sense of, I think, energy and optimism and happiness because of how long it has been. And if you're a freshman and you just got there, you now, made the right choice. You're like, yes, <laughs> it yes. was. And there is so much optimism about the basketball team and everybody's talking about the Malik Renault commitment and Jalen hood Shafino. It is absolutely electric we also going along with this is because of how many people were out the whole time all week every night um we've never interacted with that many people before the number of days we were there and that we just ended up basically every night the routine was walk kirkwood walk walnut wall walnut I'm college just, huh college no it's walnut I thought you told me that it's all college. No, co I always gets, I always college, gets college is the other Got one. Got it. The bars are on Walnut. But okay. the, the lines from sports almost went all the way to college. They did. And and so we just interact with, and again, mm. this time, because uh, alumni and parents are pretty smart, they know to stay away. Stay away from Kirkwood So and, it and was to, to interact with so many undergrads. And even though they barely remember Cody and Dick, and they weren't alive for the most part the last time we went to the finals, to to know that the the fan base the undergrad grad fat okay just reverse it the reverse undergrad it. fan base there you go it's tough real I, tongue twister i think i need to just slow down undergrad fan base is a tongue twister because no letter repeats <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> you're a good friend <laughs> they were as excited <laughs> as i am now yeah so uh yeah i mean we just Look, this weekend was good for cigar retailers oh. and cigar manufacturers because Ward and I did some damage on some cigars. I, I'd never seen you 
really go off in a retail setting with cigars? Well, look, we just had a good time with cigars. <laughs> my favorite part and my favorite cigar moment and interaction was with a group of undergrads who spotted us, said they knew the Hoosier Hysterics brand, and said, where's the cigar? I raised my left hand, and this young uh, female undergrad grabs the cigar, puts it in her mouth, and starts puffing away. I'm like, "That's a, that was an Opus X. That's a big <laughs> cigar. I'm not giving her the cigar. She takes a couple puffs. Like, I guess I'm just going to keep smoking it, which, look, in COVID time, it's a chance you're taking. Certainly. But I felt impervious. I felt like a superhero. Grabbed it back, started smoking. She's telling us about how excited she is. And then she shares a little piece of information. She's like, I should, I should, I should go home. I'm still, I, I still, I still have strep throat. <laughs> As I am taking a puff. And, and like you had taken, I mean, you'd been back on it for a couple of minutes. I had strep throat at that <laughs> yeah. point. How do you do that? How do you not? That's what you lead with. She's like, no, no, no. I've had it for enough days. I'm not contagious oh, anymore. Oh, thanks, Dr. <laughs> Kilroy Sports. <laughs> uh, forgive me for not trusting your diagnosis of your condition here. So, yeah, that's all it was. We, we called it the cigar circuit, which the, I like. Yeah, and it just we'll just call it the circuit. From the now circuit, on. sure. And to paint the picture, it is you walk from the graduate, you walk down Kirkwood to Kilroy's, you circle around, you turn it, you walk up, you walk over to Walnut, you head down Walnut North, you go past Yogi's, you you turn, well, you cross the street, come back down past Kilroy Sports, past Brothers, and that's the circuit. And it's mostly really fun, except every time we have to cross the street, I really, I have to act like I have a three-year-old again, <laughs> because Eric, pretty much, oh, we're crossing a street during Little Five where there's a ton of people drinking and driving. I should check my phone. <laughs> I should check Twitter. I should text somebody back. Uh, and so I really, I have to be on high alert every time we come up to an intersection. We had to go back to the hotel because we had football day two on Friday morning. We're not young men anymore. Bright and early, we meet. And today is going to be DB. Right. With one of the most easy to talk to, fun, charismatic guys that we have never had the fortune of meeting before, Coach Shelby. Turns out he's been there for 12 yes, years. Yes, back to the Kevin Wilson days. Un he played for Kevin Wilson at Oklahoma, who ended up bringing him to IU, and he has just been this stalwart backbone of the Indiana football program. And I think we all know what's happened with the defensive backs group in these, these last, what, to coaching regimes. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just been a strength. I mean, the, the D-backs have been a strength of this team. Getting better and better. And attracting better and better talent. And you can understand why they develop. And you can also understand why they want to come here. Yeah. If you're a coach that makes it through multiple coaching regimes, mm -hmm. something special about you. Yeah. Because most coaches want to bring in their guys. Right. Well, Coach Shelby is everyone's guy. And he put us through... Uh, some really technical drills, teaching us footwork, teaching us how to use your hands, where to look. You never look at the guy's face. You always look at their like crotch and lower area because the crotch don't lie. And with you wearing those compression pants, you're just staring at my Johnson. Little Eric was laughing. I mean, at me why do we have to time. call it little Eric? <laughs> God damn it. I mean, we don't have to just, we don't have to be insulting. I mean, I mean if he was bigger than you, you'd, I, you wouldn't be able to get around. 
Well, all right. <laughs> so uh, we did some D-back drills, which was awesome. And Ward and I were having fun the whole time that we, by the way, oh, let's back up. The first thing we had to do for this training was put on the pads. Yes. I was absolutely exhausted after putting on the pads. And it's difficult. And confused. And we are so stupid. Many people on Twitter have since told us, mm-hmm. you put the jersey on the pads first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not us. No. Put the pads on. And then the two of us helped each other putting on the pads. Well, and a guy who just happened into the locker room to change, he had to help us. He did. A guy in the background <laughs> helped us. And you can see that video now. on it i think in real time it took us 42 minutes to put the pads on and jeff knew he was like you guys should get here early it's gonna take a while i'm gonna go take a nap when you guys are done wake me up we'll be ready but what's so much better about football jerseys now than like the last time i put one on with shoulder pads which was 25 years ago uh they stretch they're stretchy very So, so they are not as as impossible to get over shoulder pads as they once were when you put on a football jersey and pads and cleats, mm-hmm. you feel like a superhero. Yeah, it's in the helmet. It's it's probably dangerous because it's making you feel a lot tougher than you are. Yeah. Now I did feel and look like I was Darth Helmet from Spaceballs. That's what I felt like <laughs> in that giant helmet. Uh, but we go out. We've got full pads on, and Ward and I had been screwing around wrestling a little bit, you know. But then with pads on and the helmets on, Ward decides it's his turn to just give me a concussion every time he sees me. Yeah, my turn, because yesterday, and you know I have a slip disc in my lower lumbar, you you not only, when I I hit the turf, you then dropped... Bionic elbow. A bionic elbow. I knew there was... On the upper back. Which is very, very much connected to the lower back. Okay, it's as close to the lower... it's, It's further away from the lower back than the ass. Yeah, but the ass has some meat on it. It can, it can absorb some of the blow. Look, I'm a wrestling guy. (laughs) I knew how to drop an elbow without hurting anybody. And that's what happened. You weren't hurt. You would think a wrestling guy would know how to take a fall then. Okay. So we get done working out with coach Shelby. Ward and I do a race. He beats me in the race. We're screwing around in the end zone. He's on the ground. And then without warning, he grabs my ankles throws his body forward oh i am on the ground yes you grabbed my ankle so i could not move so i sort of lean my shoulder into your lower legs i fall backwards with no control over anything and suffered a (laughs) catastrophic injury i mean that's i suffered a catastrophic injury i can't touch it because the arm doesn't go back that far but but it is right now it's it's going back that far and i'm not gonna lie to you it's better right now than it was when you heard it, you claimed it was going to be something you'd live with for the rest of I your life. No, I've, I've already had to learn how to live with the pain. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. And it, it shooting electric pain through my back, up to my neck, down my right arm. I had no feeling in the arm and, and I, and I'm on the ground 
I go, oh, or, and we're, they're taping all of this. So you'll see some of this, but I'm telling Wart, Wart, I'm really hurt. You really hurt me. He then jumps on my back while I'm telling him and he jumps on my back. I'm like, Wart, get the fuck off of me. I'm hurt. And I even told the camera, stop rolling. <laughs> there, there, there was something in your voice the second time you said something I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see that video now. now. He's in the defensive position. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt, man. Did that hurt a knee? No, you hurt my whole neck and back. Oh, I'm gonna stop I'm serious. I'm hurt. Oh, really? Yeah. I injured you? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's not a knee, though. No, no, no. Oh, everything That's else. It's my neck. Well, like when you hit the ground? Yeah. You want me to adjust it? No. Like your head bounced off the ground? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have both legs. <laughs> well, that's, how you, that's a good clean tackle. <laughs> you can turn off the camera. <laughs> All right. We just watched the video for the first time, and there is real disagreement here. What, the, what is your take on the video? Mine, which will be the same as anybody who actually watched that video, is there could not have been a slower, softer, gentler, lower fall than the one you took. Okay. The camera angle is such that you cannot see the impact of my upper body slamming, the helmet slamming into the ground. If the camera's on the other side, there is a whiplash that happens. What you can see from the camera angle is that you are slowly lowered down onto your ass and then you roll off your ass onto your lower back. Yeah, because I didn't want to break my leg. And then your shoulders, and you basically, I basically laid you down. Oh, you are so full of shit. Here's what else you can see definitively on the tape. <laughs> and here, the second after you do it, you hurt my whole neck and back. Oh, really? And then you just fell on me again. Here's, here's what they also saw on the tape, because I'm going to make sure to include this. The way I had to put my cleats up in the air towards you in a defensive position because I knew you were going to try to jump on me again like you did yesterday. Not a good friend. Not a good friend. I was hurt. I'm still hurt. And look, I'll give you guys updates over the years on how it's going, but there's going to be surgeries. There's going to be MRIs. There's going to be physical therapy. There's going to be chronic, chronic pain management. There's going to be aggressive opioid usage there's, gonna there's be, probably going to be an overdose there's probably going to be a lawsuit yeah against you <laughs> i'll tell you this i'll tell you this this is why i'm not a good friend after i i, I jumped onto you the second time yeah what'd you I, do and i started to realize oh he really is right hurt. after i said i'm really hurt that's when i gave the camera the thumbs up and giggle yes <laughs> what else do you need to know all right so that was football day two we then had an hour before kind of the, the coup de gras, if you will. Not enough time for a full meal, but we had heard about parlor donuts. My, 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 what we'd heard, well, it lived up to the hype and then some. We're at parlor donuts. I mean, yes, we, we are splitting five donuts. 
around It's only two and a half each. It's only two and a half each. That's not a big deal. And each one of these is the equivalent of two regular donuts. Yeah, each one of these, I believe they said up there, has 4,000 calories. That's the, the diet ones. Yeah, these are, these are light. Uh, I mean, they just look like works of art. Reese's. Boom. Oreo, cookies and cream. One of these is French Cinnamon toast. Cinnamon and French toast. Sandy Beach. Sandy Beach. And then turtle cheesecake. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is also my honey cinnamon cold brew. And then a dozen for later. Unless I get into those. <laughs> we split them. I house my half quickly. Ward eats like a bite of his half. No, I'm, I'm, two bites. I, I would say two bites. More than half of my half. Okay. Like so, two thirds of my half. And then puts the final third back in the box. And then I eat that final third also. <laughs> so I had the equivalent of three and I had two. a little more than three. Uh, yeah, they're excellent donuts. And then we grabbed some to take back because we were going now to meet with our guest today. And it only made sense with all of the football excitement that we were going through that we needed to go straight to the top. Here we are in April. Spring football practice is over. The recruiting season is over for this coming season. And the staff got their first chance to see the majority of what's coming for this year. All the quarterbacks are there, and we wanted to go straight to the top. So let's share our conversation with this gentleman right now. I can't wait to see who it is. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's not who do we have today. It's who has us. Where are we? <laughs> we are in the epicenter of IU football. We are in the head coach's office because our guest today is the man behind LEO. It is head coach Tom Allen. <laughs> so I want to say welcome, but I feel like coach, you should be welcoming us. Yeah, coach, us. welcome us, please. <laughs> Will you guys welcome to my office? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very Thrilled much. to have you. <laughs> we, we love being here. We got to spend a, a few minutes with you yesterday. Uh, let's start with this. Have you been able to see any of the football work that we've done over the last two days? I have. Matter <laughs> of fact, I actually had someone said, did you, did you see those guys down on the field, you know, working out? And uh -huh. I said, yes. I said, what did you think? They said, well, I heard some yelling. And so <laughs> like, I came out to see who it was, and they're like in full pads. <laughs> so I mean, we laughed, but no, it was awesome. So yeah. yeah, you guys are getting some good coaching in. We, I mean, yeah, good. that's the key. Good yeah. coaching. Yeah. We did not get any good playing, but there was good coaching going. That's yeah. true. I mean, Ward did permanently injure me he <laughs> sneak attack and tackled me around the legs perfect form um, there I had you go. perfect form i mean perfect form he was on the ground and i was walking away and he just grabbed my ankles that's not perfect form okay oh, let's get into we're here in you know getting into late april uh spring football is now done yep. where's your head at as when you think back on on this spring obviously a, a, a brand new team in many ways, new staff, new players. Let's start with the players. What was it like welcoming this many new players into a spring session? It was different. You know, we had 19 new guys uh, to our team that joined us at the mid-year, which is the most we've ever had probably 
double the number we've ever had in the past. So I just think that that's created a different dynamic, different feel. Uh, it causes us to do some things a little differently in regards to getting those guys connected with each other. And I think it's been really super positive. I loved uh, the additions to our staff. You know, we have five new coaches, you know, which is a, a large number of guys. And uh, But, man, I tell you what, everyone brings something unique and special to our staff. It's really good chemistry. And you really don't know until you, you, know, you can interview guys and different things like that. But until you get together, get out on the field together, coach together, meet together, uh, just love the chemistry that our guys have, love the energy and ideas that the guys have brought to us and, and guys that just fit with us, you know. So our players, you know, I'm, I'm right now a big part of what's next for me is meeting with our guys one-on-one. So I'm in the process of doing that right now. It takes me about two weeks to meet with all of our team yeah. one-on-one in my office here and just going over a lot of things. And it's been interesting and awesome to hear them talk about their new coaches, the ones that have the new position coach, and just how excited they are to have them here and what they brought and how they feel like they're going to make them better and have already made them better. And so it's just been good. You know, they change is always uh, um, creates unknowns, sure. but also there's an excitement to some change. And, and I, I just really feel like that uh, the changes have been really, really positive and, and uh, um, love the guys we brought here. A lot of guys, man, several already got voted on to our leadership council, uh, which is a tra- true testament to them fitting with us and being responsible respected by their teammates, already getting respect by their coaches and, and the way that they came to, to campus in January. So uh, definitely a, a fun time of year for me. I really enjoy spring football. I really enjoy the meetings times with them after spring's over. And then our coaching staff, they're all, they're all out recruiting right now. And they'll be, uh, um, as of Monday, the entire staff will be out. Uh, these last couple of days, different guys have gone, and then they get a certain number of days for the month of, of uh, April and May. We call it the spring evaluation period. So you get 256 total days as a staff, and then you divide them up amongst your 10 guys that go out. So uh, just all across the country, you know, basically at this point, you're trying to just evaluate guys and making sure that based on the film that we've studied of them and all the conversations we've had, that they, you, now you want to see them in person, see them interact with their teammates, see them find out uh, the intricacies of who they are as a person and who they really are as a player. So it's really an exciting time of year. With the additions to the coaching staff, how does that work? How much of it is it about them adapting what they've done before to what you want them to do here? And how much is it you seeing what they have to offer that's new and, and bringing that into the program? How do you find that balance yeah. between what they've been doing and what you've been doing? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think you that's one reason why you want to hire guys that are going to add value to your staff and bring new ideas. And so um, I, I think the way I view it is you want to always bring guys that are going to make your system better. You know, not necessarily wholesale change it, but make it better. And so, like, for instance, on defense, you know, we brought some guys in here that, that are come from different systems. You know, it's kind of interesting. So you kind of think about how people do things. And so I had every one of our coaches uh, write down how they would, if, I, if you could give three ways you would teach how you tackle. Okay, mm-hmm. and give me the three the words you would use to emphasize. And then the same thing for how you do block destruction. And then on offense, how you would teach blocking. And, and of all the 10 guys, all 10 guys said something different wow. in terms of verbiage. Right. You know, I said, guys, this, I did this for a reason. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show you that. And they all had similar, you know, they had a common theme, but they said it a different way. I said, so if we say things 10 different ways to our guys, they won't know. So I said, so we said, we're going to go through it as a group. We're going to align the terminology. 
when you add new guys like that, that's what you're going to get, you know. And so it was good. So now we got, hey, these are the three things we're emphasized for blocking, tackling, block destruction. And there's other areas as well. But just kind of give you – because you think about, you know, new guys coming in, new coaches. Hey, I've been calling it this. It's this place. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That's a foreign language to my guys. You're here, our guys here. So I just think you have to be careful that we communicate in a consistent way. And that's sometimes what you get when you bring guys from – you know, sometimes say, hey, you know what, I like that. I like the way you, you why that, right. you know, that the mental picture that I'm big up mental picture. So mm. I like how that mental picture is created by the way you just said it. Yeah. Let's change it to this. And so, but we all got to be on the same page. He can't be calling it this and you calling it this and he calls right. it this. So I think especially with new guys, you had to really be, had to take some time to clarify that. Where did you learn that? Like the, the idea that you have to align the terminology. Did, did that come from somebody or one of the books that you've read? Yeah. I, well, I would just say anything in regards to leadership is alignment. Got it. And and if you're and if you're in the message has to be clear. You know, I'm reading right now um, the um, uh, the book by Jocko. You know, mm-hmm. which is extreme ownership. Yeah. And he talks about well, you know, this from a you know military perspective to a business perspective, and it's so much about you know taking ownership, obviously, by the name of the, of the title of the book, but it's also more about the alignment. Okay, the message is being verbalized to. You know, from leadership to the people that are being, you know, impacted by your leadership. And so if it's a mixed message, then so that's where I got it from. You know, I'm, I'm always about the books. And to set the picture for the listener, there's about 15 books <laughs> on your desk right now. A lot of them about leadership. Sure, they are. Um, so that's just, is that just, you're constantly yes. consuming more ideas, going back, revisiting. You have yes. notes in old books, that Correct. kind of thing. Yeah, so to me, it's. It's always learning and growing. And I challenge our coaches to be reading good books, you know, to make themselves a better husband and father, better leader in the room, better football coach. You know, it could be schematic things you're trying to get better at. So, but just always constantly growing. And so for me, you know, got lead, I get, that's an area where you do lead by example. You know, I can't just say that to our guys and then not do it myself. You know, I'm saying Harry Potter. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but that to me is, yeah, and that to me is it's just, it's that constant. You know, and I, I like to think I, I may have said this before, but I'm so ADD, so I, I like to re- read three books at the same time. So, like, if I just read one book, that would bore me. <laughs> so I read for about 10 minutes for one book. So I put that one down, and then I read another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. And so that allows me to continue to, to do two or three books at a time and roll well, that way. And does that also allow you to just chew on one idea at a time from a book instead yes. of having, like, oh, six things that I'm trying to process? It's like, oh, I'm just meditating on that chapter. Yeah. And then move on to the next one. So it's I, – sure. I, I get that. And I do notes, and, and I just try to, you know, notes on my phone, notes on my notepad, and, and just trying to keep all that stuff organized is a big deal. How many players are on a football team in Division One college, including practice players? 125. 125 players. How many coaches and assistant coaches? And Well, you got 10 full-time on-the-field coaches, not counting the head coach. Okay. you got four GAs, two on offense, two on defense. Those are all the legal um, on-the-field coaches that can instruct players. Got it. Okay. Then, per what your school can afford, you have the QC positions, yes. what they call the quality, quality control. control. Okay. Or they call them analysts. Different schools call them different things. And, I mean, we have, for us here, you have um, – we added an additional one. We've had one on offense, one on defense, one on special teams. Okay, we've added an additional one on defense, which we haven't had in the past. Okay, and so that's been good. And so we still have, you know, one on offense, two on defense, and then we have a volunteer on offense that kind of helps us in that, in that regard, and then one on special teams. And so those now that just counts the 
the, 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 the football side of it. That's not counting recruiting staff. Right. That's not counting your, your graphics people. And that's not counting your you know, weight room guys. There's five of those plus interns. Uh, you know, that you're allowed to have five in so what, Division we're One. So, of 250 people. Oh yeah. When it's all said. So, and, and we didn't really know the number until we had to organize them all for testing for COVID. Oh, right, right. So, and we had like uh, they had to put a limit on it, right? Sure. And so, yeah, you can have as many as you know. It, it's a lot of people. It's crazy. If I put, if I lined up all 250 out there on the football field and brought you out and pointed at them, would you know everyone's name immediately? Yes. The ones I would struggle with, and I actually have a notebook for this, is all of our student trainers and student workers in the training room. Right, right. Because they do they stay shift sure. by semester. I'm just amazed. <laughs> like, learning like three new people for me is difficult. <laughs> you have 19 new people oh, in the yeah. spring. You know all their names immediately? Oh, yeah. The, the player, absolutely, yeah. That, there's no question. And, and do you have a technique for that, like when you first meet them? Well, like I, I'm a big visual guy, so I just print out the, the roster, and I have their, their picture with their, their name and their bio. I do the same thing for our trainers and our managers. Because I'm like, and I, I say I might, because I can't. But I'm, if I see the face, then you'll know. You try to, and you try to get something that attaches their name to. Right. A, 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 I, you brought this up I, in the press conference that you did uh, after spring football ended. You brought it up at the beginning here. You're leading leadership council. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that is and what they do? Yeah. So we meet once a week during the springtime on Wednesday nights, and I lead those sessions. And basically, I use John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership as my base for that and, and basically go through and teach them how to lead. So the whole goal is, and I just learned years ago, that you just can't assume that just because, you know, a guy plays football and plays a certain position, he's going to be a, a natural-born leader. We've all heard that phrase before. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, there's a few of those out there. But, you know, I wasn't. You know, I felt like I needed to be shown. Yeah, I had some things that were naturally there, but I was kind of quiet, you know. And so you got to empower them and teach them and give them the confidence to speak. And so it's going through, and we talk about, what leadership is and how you become a great leader. How, and it, there's three levels of accountability. So for me, it's coaches holding their players accountable, players holding themselves accountable, and the third one, which is the most important, is players holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's what we focus on for leadership council because I tell that group, leadership by example for that group is not leadership. That's just doing your job. Okay, and if you don't do your job in that regard, they won't listen to you anyway. So that is it's base level. But that's if that's all you do, all you're telling me is I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything. And I said, guys, because I said this several years ago to that group when I first felt like that it really was something we had to address. I said, guys, what if I led the team by example and never said nothing? <laughs> they just kind of chuckled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, that's stupid. You never do that. Right. I said, well, you guys are leaders on this team, and some of you guys don't say anything. Now, you do, you do your job. You lead by example. You're awesome. You have a great work ethic. You do what you're supposed to do, but you're not infecting anybody else. And I said, that's not leadership's influence. So it's, it's that, and it's talk, showing them how that looks on this team. Because it's so much about connectivity and what's a great leader look like. So even this year, we had Coach Johnson and Coach Henry, who just came from the NFL, we had them come and do one of the sessions to our guys and to talk about what does it look like at the NFL level. And I even had them say, okay, and I had asked them this question for the whole group. I said, okay, coaches, tell the group who's the best leader you've ever been a part of as a player in the NFL and why. As interestingly, they both together said Eli Manning. Really? Together. I mean, didn't he hesitate? Right? Eli Manning. And I said, why? And, they, and so they, gave, they said, you know, he was connected with the entire team. He would take the running backs, DB, O-line, D-line, specialists, 
and after practice would go to lunch with a different guy every day. Go to breakfast, wow. would connect, would, would, would do something with it, would, did a great job of connecting with people, which is one of the things we talk about in, in our leadership meetings is being a person who connects with your teammates. That's the strength of a leader. And so, but to hear them say that and why, and then so um, Coach Henry went second, even though they both agreed it was Eli Man. He said, okay, since you already talked about Eli, I'm going to talk about Dak Prescott. Because Coach Henry just came from the Cowboys, and he sure. gave an example of how he – he was talking about how selfless he was and what a servant he was for his teammates and, and just people in general. And so he gave an example, which was a powerful one, about what he did in even Coach Henry's personal life where he's just a giving person. And that's what a leader is. He's selfless. He's a servant. And so it was great for them to hear at that level that's what a great leader looks like. And it's interesting they're both quarterbacks. Yeah. If is. I may, who's the greatest leader you've been around and why? That's a great question. I would say this. Um, we don't like telling him that it's a great question. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> he, he is definitely winning in the comments from people about great questions, and I'm jealous of it. I'm just going to about a player or a coach? Uh, let's go coach, because I assume you've been more in the mm-hmm. position of, of being under the leadership of coaches as opposed to your playing days, yeah. which were less. You know, Chris Creighton comes to my mind. Really? Yes. And, you know, he was at Wabash, Mm -hmm. then he went to Drake, now he's at Eastern Michigan. You know, a very challenging job, you know, in this country. You know, and you go and you you look at Division I jobs and the history of the programs and and what he's done there is phenomenal, which doesn't surprise me whatsoever. uh, Because when I think of him, I just think of strong leadership. Uh, he's tremendous in the development of the leaders. That's where I got the idea of doing the leadership council. It is. And, did he have one? Did yes. He do and then just the leadership that he developed within the team, you know, uh, the ideas for that, you know, and just the team building. He was a great team builder. And to me, when you think about football, you know, as I said, and our guys would, would be able to answer this, I'd say, well, who, who wins on game day? They would say, the best team. The best team wins on game day. So how do you build the best team? And it's not the best individuals in this sport, it's the best team. And so, um, he, to me, I grew so much. And I was with him two different places, you know, two different levels. Um, but he's – and he's the same every place, you know. And we've kind of actually, you know, anytime I have uh, – he's the guy I usually call about any, anything with leadership on our team or anything, ideas or thoughts or challenges or things that we go through. So, uh, and once again, it's just, you know, it's, it's connectivity. It's, it's a guy. He's creative. He's got a lot. You know, he's, you know, in a, in a funny sense, he's huge on – April Fool's jokes. <laughs> I'm telling you, he may be the most creative guy. He spends months thinking of the next one, for the next year. Give us know. an example. Okay, well, I live this one. Okay. okay. So, and I wasn't thrilled about it. So, um, so we're at the staff meeting. He's like, he's like, guys, I got it. I've been thinking for a long time. He said, Coach Allen, you and I are going to get in a fight. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get. We're gonna get in a fight, and he's because I just got there, so I just got to Drake. Oh, so and you know I'm fiery, intensity and stuff. I'm the defensive coordinator. He's like, you, you haven't been here that long, so they really don't know. And they, you know, and and during the springtime, O and D's always at each other, mm-hmm. just because you're going against each other every single day. Sure. And you're trying, and so, so anyways, the way the way he had it all in his mind, so I'm like, okay, I'll you know, you're, you're the head coach, so I'll do what you want me to do. So, but I wasn't thrilled. And so, um, the way it was structured was we had our, our, our staff meeting rooms next to the team room. 
So, but you could hear in that building setup, you could hear if two people were talking loudly in the office, the people in the team room could hear it. Okay. So we start the fight in there. So we start by talking and we get louder, 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 and we're yelling at each other, you know, it's easy because no one can see your face. Right. 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 So, cause I knew I was going to start laughing as soon as we got it. And so, so we get there. So he shoves me into the, into the meeting room, you know? And so then I shove him back. And so then when he goes to shove me again, I just instinctively, I tackled him. <laughs> so I didn't know what else to do so i do like a double a takedown on him lift him up slam him on the ground and i act like i want to start hitting him well the players at that point they had just and they're like they're like yelling coach allen it's not worth it it's not worth it so i'm at that point then we just start cracking up laughing well they had ripped my shirt so they had grabbed me so hard to get him off me they ripped my shirt it's a nice shirt and then when i did the double a takedown on him i burnt like rug rug burns in my knees we know you go full out i did full bore so i ruined my pants ruined my shirt and uh uh but we got them. Oh, yeah. They were just like, oh, oh my. So then how about this? So the very next year, I'm at Arkansas State. So I'm not even there. I get a text message from, from Coach Craig. He said, Coach, they got me. They got me. For the first time in my coaching career, the team got me on April Fool's. <laughs> they, they staged a brawl <laughs> at practice. And he said, I was so convinced it was real because they wouldn't stop. He's like, I feel like I lost. So he every, every year he's just so – he sent me a video this year of, of uh, April Fool's joke with his team. He did with the official, them getting in a fight during a scrimmage. because <laughs> there's, there's a theme here. There is. The right. So you'd think eventually, but no. He, yeah. but, but it's just that he just makes – he made it fun. Wow. He made football fun because you know, it's, it's a long, hard process we ask these guys to do. So things like that, you know, it's just that's a, a funny example. But the greatest leader I've been around is, is, is Chris Green. So, uh, you know, look, one of the things that I think everybody has um, admired about you is leadership and the way that you have brought an identity to this program that had been lacking, you know, really since the Mallory days. Mm-hmm. I, would say. I mean, I, Coach Hefner yeah. yeah. brought yes. something, and he yes. just didn't have a chance to, to see it through. I agree. But um, – you know, they say that your principles only matter when your back's against the wall, mm-hmm. you know, and how hard, it, you know, how hard will you stand by them when things don't go well? And last year was difficult. Sure. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we could see the frustration that you were going through as, as the, the losses piled up. How were you able to stick with LEO, the positivity that you bring, um, the optimism in the face of just a really tough tough year yeah well I, I think this when you when you have something that you believe in that is the core of who you are the circumstances don't alter that and obviously the circumstances last year were extremely negative you know and and the season went the opposite of what any of us or i'm sure everybody in our fan base expected you know for sure myself you know i'm thinking it, it could be the opposite i'm thinking win 10 games right. you know for the first time ever you know and so but but to me it's that was never, ever, you know, a thought. It was, now, you know, being positive and being, you know, enthusiastic and having energy, that's a choice, right? Just like love's a choice. So, so you bring that every day regardless. That's why I say, if it's based on circumstances, then we'll be living our life like up and down and up right. and down. And so, to me, now, is it easier to do it when things are going? Absolutely. Right. You know, and it's a lot easier to, you know, do a lot of things when things are going your way. But I, I, I always tell our team this. Time and pressure reveal who you really are in life, okay? Time and pressure. And obviously the pressure of the negativity of the losses and the situation and the injuries and all the things that started mounting on us, you know, it can be easy to become negative, you know? But to me, you know, I'm not positive because life's easy. Right. I'm positive because life's hard. 
and I know it's going to be hard. And and honestly, I, I didn't expect I didn't expect that at all. Uh, but I also knew we we had a really difficult schedule. I knew we were going to have to do things a, a certain way and have things fall our way to be able to get that momentum we wanted. But at the same time, you know, if you falter in times of trouble, I mean, how little or how limited is your strength at that point? Mm-hmm. So to me, I believe if you think about it, the pandemic and the, and the um, social injustice really forced LEO to the forefront. Right. Not on purpose, just because it's real and it's life and it's true. And it does matter how you treat people. And it does matter how, you know, loving someone that doesn't look like you is a choice or doesn't, doesn't act like you or isn't from your background or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's a choice that you make. And that's why it's powerful because you control that decision. Okay. Well, for me, I want guys to know whether we're 10 and two or two and 10. Okay. Who we are, is, is, that doesn't change. And how we do what we do, you know, we're not defined by that scoreboard. Even though I get it, I understand as a as a coach, that's how you're, you know, you're regarded in your coaching prowess, right? But but as a man, okay, things are going to happen in life that that are hard and tough, and 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 you can't control them sometimes. And what, how you going to respond? So as hard as it was, we probably got more chances to teach real life to our guys than we ever did when everything's going your way. And so that's where I think it just is a testament to who you are and what you believe. And, and if, if you, you know, pack it in on the very things you say you stand on when things get hard, well, you know what? You didn't have a whole lot you were standing on in the first place. And so I'm not going to ever, ever believe any different than that. Yeah, it just seemed to me, I'm sure it never crossed your mind, like any of what LEO is and represents and how it's implemented was going to change if anything you you even dig deeper sure but then when the season goes as it does and you have to discount the luck that's obviously a part of it particularly with injury wh- how do you know okay i need to evolve or mm-hmm. adapt or change sure. to to avoid some of the pitfalls of what happened this season how do you know and, and maybe examples of okay this is what we're gonna uh, improve upon evolve yeah. going forward as opposed to no, that was just circumstance, and, and sure. we stick with that. Well, I think, you know, the part about LEO that is sometimes misunderstood is that people see the word love, and they just see it as, oh, you know, that's, that's just kind of soft. That doesn't go with football. Well, they right. missed the two words in front of that, accountability and toughness. Okay, it's accountability, toughness, love. Those are the three pillars of our foundation, of our program, and they're they're packaged or and they're whatever you want, how you want to say it with the phrase LEO, love each other. So accountability is is at the forefront. Okay, and accountability is about being open and honest about where you are, whether it's a player sitting here, just like as you guys are sitting here facing me. This is how I say we're talking with our players, and I got to tell them the truth. And sometimes that truth is hurtful because they might not view themselves a certain way. Okay, or you know what? If a coach is not getting the job, you know, if things aren't getting done the way they need to be done, there's accountability for that. We're all accountable for doing our jobs at a certain level. And so to me, we had to have those tough conversations and have those tough evaluations of the program and evaluate, hey, because obviously, you know, yeah, the injuries are what they were. But at the same time, we even looked at it and said, okay, why do we have so many injuries? Right. We had to do a whole evaluation of our whole offseason program and everything we're doing physically and did a whole assessment of that and, and to try and look at those numbers and try and figure out, is there something we can do? And, and, and we, we did all that. And so, and then our offense-defense scheme, you know, are we doing things that are not allowing us to play at the level we need to play at and create the things we need to create offensively 
defensive and special teams. And so, so to me, that had to happen this offseason. And those are tough conversations. They're hard things. But you know what? Accountability, toughness. And because I love this program and I love, you know, I love having this job, you know, <laughs> you, you understand what we got to do. So you got to make changes to be able to get where you want to be. Tough love. That's right. Tough love. There you go. That's the best way to say it. Um, just to, to piggyback on that, when you talked about time and pressure reveal who mm-hmm. you are, obviously in a 12-month stretch, you went from as high as Indiana football has ever been to as low as certainly your time at Indiana Correct. football has been. Were you surprised um, or even disappointed that, and I'm not asking for specific names of anybody, mm-hmm. but clearly some people didn't perform the way you thought they might yeah under time and pressure. Sure. Did that surprise you that when the, the time and pressure happened last year, um, that certain guys did not step up? Did that, did that yes, surprise you? it did. And are you able to look back and go, here's what I missed about this person? Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the part of the self-accountability right. and assessment that I've had to go through and try to figure out what did I miss on some of those right. things. Because, you know, guys that played a certain way the year before did not. And like I said, not not mentioning names, no. but it's pretty obvious for some some positions. And so it was like I think, but I will say this: I, I think there's one thing that is that is challenging, and that is expectations. Okay, how do you handle expectations when you've never really had yeah. them before? And there's no way you can judge no. that before it happens. And you, exactly, <laughs> and so that's a challenging thing, you know. And and, and you know, like and for me, you know, I anticipated, you know, I was concerned. I guess that's the best way. I was concerned about, you know, just you know how it is when you, you know, why do you think, you know, most Super Bowl teams don't repeat? Right. Well, they spend the whole offseason. Everybody tell them how wonderful they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, those the ones that fell a little bit short. I mean, they spent the whole offseason, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove. You know, that's right. why I think there's more mid-level players in the NFL that weren't four- and five-star guys in college because they've had to have that chip on their shoulder their whole life to get where they are. It's amazing to me how many guys make it and have great careers that weren't supposed to. Well, man, the perseverance and the, the grit, which is another book that's, that's sitting yeah. right there, you know, that I read a few years ago, which was our one word for 2019, that to me is a powerful, powerful word. And I think I was worried about that. I really was because I don't care what you say, you know, there's, there's all this positive going on. I mean, Coach Saban calls it rat poison. He calls it rat poison for a reason. I mean, it, it poisons your mind and it poisons you, you know, and the, sometimes the, the worst enemy you have is, is a pat on the back. And somebody tell you you're doing a great job, you know. And so I was concerned about that. Now, obviously, I didn't do a good enough job, you know, just looking back because we didn't perform. You know, even before the injuries all, you know, came at the, at the forefront, you know, we still weren't playing our best, I didn't think, you know. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, I think there's some things we learned, you know. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I, I think there's, there's – it's a hard – thing to have to avoid and, and like counter, you know, because you can see it and you're worried about it, but you don't want to talk about it too much and, right. and make it the... Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, too, exactly. Right? Yeah. So how do you... So I, I don't have the answer for that, you know, but there's no doubt there's some things that I would definitely, with certain individuals for sure, you know, would just would approach maybe a different way and, and maybe things that you try to go back. And once again, it's, you learn from it and you move on. You mentioned self-accountability. And I do wonder, it says here on the desk, the buck stops here, yeah. Harry Truman. Yes, sir. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. You're still here. Uh, you're the boss, though. You're Harry Truman. You're sitting behind the desk. That's right. Uh, uh, and when self-accountability, I'm sure nobody's harder on you than you. 
but do you have somebody within the program, outside the program, in your personal life, or that you, you know professionally, who you can turn to and be like, what can I do better? What, what am I not seeing? Somebody who could call you out, whereas maybe, or maybe it's even people on your staff that you're, yeah. you're asking them to, to help you see what you can't see. Yeah, I, I would say it's two levels. Number one, people on your staff, because they're here. They see everything. People on the outside don't really know. Now, Coach Creighton would be one of those ones that he and I would talk about. We talk about these things in the, in the offseason of, you know, you know, the different challenges and different things that we would do differently. But, but I heavily was more on the guys inside, you know, and even not even the guys that were on the field, some off the field guys that have a good perspective to be able to see from within the program but also not in the fire of it all, you know, to have a good perspective. And because I think there are some things that sometimes you get blinded by because you're in it, you don't really see it, you know. So, but interestingly, you know, that that little sign up front here on my desk is taken from the Traveler's Gift. That's where I got it from, which is an awesome book, you know, that we've used in this program. We're going to actually use it again this fall. I haven't done it for several years. And it, the first chapter is based off Harry S. Truman and the idea of taking ownership of your life and taking ownership of the choices that you make professionally, the choices you make within your job and your family, all those different things. And so, yes, that's to me is, and that's why I have it here every day is to remind the guys I'm talking to and remind myself every day, Hey, I got to take ownership of this football team. And, and yeah, we did not achieve. And for whatever, you can say all these different multiple reasons, it's my responsibility. So I didn't get the job done. The buck stops here. I got to own it. I got to listen to people. I got to be critical of myself. I got to listen to those that, that say things. And I want guys, Hey, tell me the truth. What do you think we need to do different? I talked to our players. Hey, you tell them, from leadership guys, you tell me what you think we need to do that you thought from a year ago that we made a mistake on and can do better. And we've done that. And I, and I, I want them to feel confident to be able to be truthful, and I'm not going to fire back at them in the negative and take it personal because I just want to get it fixed too. Um, look, one of the things that, that obviously is really important to you is, is your spirituality, um, your family, your faith. Mm -hmm. And you care so much about the whole person. Um, you talk a lot about your coaching staffs, their families, you know, and being part of this family. I know how much you care. When you had to be accountable and make some decisions and tell people your services are no longer wanted here, how difficult was that? I mean, you know, fans are like, fire this person. This per group didn't perform well. Get rid of them. It's such an easy thing for us to say, right? Because we don't know those people. Sure. You do. You know their families. Mm -hmm. And who knows where they're going to land. How difficult was that for you? Because I do think it was probably the first time right at Indiana where you had to make really tough decisions because so far it's been a nice trajectory kind of going up. Yes. How difficult was that you for you personally? Yeah, hardest thing I've had to do professionally. Yeah. Because I've never had to fire a person for an on-the-field performance, you know. And, and so, but, and that's, it's interesting you say that because I've had people tell me that's why they don't get close to the coaches. Mm because it's hard to do that. And it's easier if you have a little bubble sure. around you. And I get that, but you know what? And we, I've had this conversation with my wife. We've had this conversation with us as coaches and some of my close friends that aren't on the staff. And I said, you know what? I refuse to live my life that way. You know what? And I'll just be blunt. And Coach Sheridan, I mean, I, I love his wife. Right. I love his two kids. You know, that was brutal. But you know what? That's where you – Got to take ownership, and the decision had to be made, and, and, and I hated it. I did. But at the same time, when you tell people the truth, and they don't always have to like what you say, but they'll respect you for being truthful and being honest with them. But I think that's the part, when I, and I, I, when I see it, it doesn't matter if it's, it's every sport, you know, oh, fire. I mean, I'm thinking, guys, you don't understand. Right. That's a family. 
his, exactly. he has kids. kids. You know, they're going to have to move. They're going to, I mean, and we, so it, it's just, uh, it's not what people think. And, and I refuse to, to create an environment that's cold and not family driven. And yeah, but it doesn't make those decisions harder. Yes, it does. Yeah. I know it does. But you know what? That's part of being in this seat. That's part of, of having to take that ownership and the buck stops with me. It does. And I'm going to have to live with that. And, but once again, I also got to know that, hey, that there's, there's a job you have to do. And, and, and that's where you got to separate the friendship from the professional side of it. And that's where I said, yeah, it's easy if we just don't have any close ties. I get, I'm not going to live that way because that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. It would also be like, well, then who are you going to be friends with? Exactly. I mean, well, there's no doubt. all the time. There's no question. Yeah, but I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to hang out with us. Yeah. I mean, we're putting it out there. That could be, that there, could be, that could be no plan question. B. Could be plan <laughs> it's a really <laughs> far plan B. Yeah. I do want to ask, because you talked about expectations, and that's enough kind of looking back. You know, we looked back. On paper, the best recruiting class that Indiana has ever had in football. It seems like the talent upgrade that you, you know, forecasted uh, is happening, uh, at least on paper. Now they got to perform. Sure. But that adds another layer of expectations. So my, my question is twofold. One, with the spring additions, and I know that's not everybody that will come in the fall, but do you can you see it with your eyes that the talent upgrade is happening? Does that feel like it's happening? Yes. What we've seen on paper? And two, are you worried about the expectations for the best recruiting class in Indiana history? Oh, I mean, I, no, because uh, that's a good thing, you know. <laughs> and so it'd be better than the alternative, you know. Right. And so, uh, but they do have to be developed, and, and they do have to come here and perform. And, and, and you could see, you know, we didn't have all of them here, right. you know, in the springtime. But there were several that were from that class that came and, and joined us in January. And, and you can see the talent, yes. You know, it's young, for sure. And, you know, you're going from high school to playing in the Big Ten and playing against the best teams in in the country so um that sometimes takes time to be able to have that a reality but but i do feel like that yeah you, you can and and i and i think that and i know how important recruiting is you know and and the talented players because you know as we said the best team wins but but you got to have talent within that team you know those guys that have to have that is this that the grit piece takes you so far, you know, and, and the want to. But but at the same time, that's why recruiting is such a big deal. And and you got to get them here and then develop them. You know, and that's where our strength staff comes in and all the people that we have on our on our nutrition group and everything we do with that. So, but to me, I, I just, yeah, you want those expectations to continue. And uh, I, I get it. You know, this past season was, a, was a, you know, kind of a, a major black eye on what we're trying to do, you know, and the, the knock on the whole process. But you know what? When the, the one word for 2022 is build. You know, there's various reasons why I picked that, but, but the, the understanding of the building is a process, and it takes time. And there are, there are, there are highs and lows. And, but you think about this, there, when we talk about mountaintops and valleys, you know, the mountaintops are awesome, but there ain't a whole lot going on top of the mountain. There's Sorry, not much up there. There's not a whole lot of Sorry. wildlife. There's not a lot of, you know, animals. There's not a lot of, you know, in the valleys, that's where, you know, the growth occurs. Right. That's where all the things that, that uh, we don't like sometimes, but that's where. And so, you know what? It was obviously a valley that we went through, you know. And so, but when you're building something, that process of building it, you don't get altered by those exterior things. You just stay the course. And so, well, your, your talent, your recruiting class, your players, your personal, everything you're doing here, we just got to keep building. Uh, when we're looking forward to, to the fall as we are and watching the team get back on the field, 
what do you think just from a, a schematic, a stylistic point of view is, is going to be the biggest change? You know, I think in terms of your defensive identity, like we've all gotten pretty used to that. But like, wh- wh- what do you think is going to be different about IU football on the field next year that we'll, well, we'll notice? I'm going to be very careful what I say because we open the season against <laughs> Illinois, which is a Big yeah. Ten game. Understood. And, and that will be they will actually have a game before they play us. They have, they right. play week zero. They play Wyoming, and then we don't have a game before that. So the first time they'll see us. So, you know, the the, the idea that we didn't have a spring game that was, that was put on the BTN was not an accident, okay? I don't want them to have any pre-whatever about what Indiana is doing. They, they need to just be guessing, okay? okay. And so I'm going to be very cautious how I answer that. Okay, because I don't want to give away anything sure. that's going to give them any advantage whatsoever. Because I'm assuming they're like us. They listen to every possible time a coach speaks, the head coach speaks, your players speak, and, and that kind of thing. So If you're um, listening to us now, Illinois, you can just turn it off. You're going to get nothing out of us. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. So, but that, 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 that all, you know, so to me it's just, um, you know, Obviously, we got to play at a higher level. You know, we got to execute. You know, those are obvious things. You know, run the football better. You know, being creating more explosive plays to me is a you know it's hard to drive the football systematically. You know, in this league, I don't care. We play two good defenses. You yeah. know, and so you know that's why you know when you look at football, the two key things that that really predict success in a game is the the turnover ratio and the explosive play ratio. So turnover ratio means what you would expect it to. That is, you know, offensively you got to protect it and don't give the ball away, and defensively you got to take it from you know. And whoever does a better job of that between the two teams has a huge chance to win the game. When I went with Chris Creighton to mention his name again, that's all he talked about when I went to Wabash. Well, it is the stats on oh, it's are unbelievable, crazy, ridiculous, right? yeah. ridiculous. And you mix the two together, it's like not over ninety percent. You're gonna win if you have more explosive plays than they do, right. and if you have less turnovers than they do, you know. And so it's it's field position, it's short fields, it's just all the different things. It's momentum, it's energy. You know, you, you just have to be able to you know you block a punt. I mean, your chances of winning goes away. So that whole the, the ball and protecting the ball and field position. So that's we. If you look at the two seasons, you, know, you take out all the injuries, you know, but you look at the two seasons for twenty to twenty one. That's the difference. The, the things that we were able to do yeah. on defense, get takeaways, create short fields for offense, and, and we didn't. And they had to drive 75, 80 right. yards most of the time, or worse. And that puts them under – that's a time. I don't care who you are. I mean, it's, so it put us behind, and so it didn't create that moment. And so that, that was definitely something we just got to – you know, those are the things we're focused on. Oh, yeah, because you can't, like you said, drive the ball. I mean, just the stats tell you. I mean, the yeah. chances of scoring, starting from there and, and not having a mistake between it is, is hard to do, you know. So, But that's where the execution comes in, and that's where we got to make those changes. Uh, a couple, like, just college football uh, topics in general that I'd love you to comment on. One, transfer portal. Mm-hmm. How much has the transfer portal changed the way you look at recruiting, that you uh, look at recruiting even the players that are on your team, um, how you communicate with players throughout the year? What has the transfer portal done in your time coaching that, that has changed the game? It's been pretty significant um, when you think about um, how you view your roster now and how you view a recruiting class. Um, you know, it used to be you know, you're bringing in 25 guys from high school, and that was that was the standard, right? And so um, now you're more looking at uh, percentages of that number, and this percent's probably going to be from, from high school, and this percent's going to be from the transfer portal. Because what happens is, you know, as, as a class is put together, it has to be based upon 
the age of your current team. Right. You know, you got a bunch of older guys or vice versa, then you're out of whack. And so you're trying to create – so, like, if you lose, you lose a guy – because here's what's happened with the transfer portal, what I've noticed, is you're losing the guys that aren't playing as much as they want to. So your twos and your threes, they want to play more, and so now you're losing – usually you lose guys in the middle. So if you, you lose guys in the middle and you replace them all with right out of high school, then you're going to have too many young guys, you know, mm-hmm. on your football team, okay? And so you, you got to manage that whole piece, all right? And then, you know, you just got to try to, you know, and we've never had to de-recruit kids in this program. Now, that's another phrase that you always hear out yeah. there. was because what always told me was then what you sold them in recruiting wasn't really who you are. And when they got there, then reality is setting in. Well, that's, that shouldn't be that way. I mean, other than not having a steak dinner every, every night you know, on your official visit, <laughs> right. I said, guys, you're going to be treated this way. What you see when you come here, that's who we are. And I think that's a, that's a great thing, right? So it's not about, you know, de-recruiting them, but it's about making sure you have to stay on top of your guys and make sure they stay and feel connected to the – because you have 125 guys, once again. Yeah. They're not all playing. Right. You know, and you can play about 60 in a game. That's still half your team. Okay, so you have to do a really good job of making sure they see the vision for your development of them and how they're going to be part of your program moving forward. Because if they don't see that and feel a part of that, then oftentimes they may choose to leave. And that's a part of a lot of times, whether you or it's the position coach, yes. uh, like making sure they're getting their reps in after the one. Mm-hmm. And just and just when you say staying connected, it's really about communication. It is. And so the number one charge our coaches have is to capture the hearts and minds of your players. Okay, and so there's a lot, lot to all that. Okay, but that's a huge part. It doesn't mean that every kid is going to just stay in this program regardless. It's become a a, because now when you know you can go and and play right away, that's created the movement. I mean, because before you've had sit out of here, yeah, you know what, I'm not gonna. So now it's just boom, boom, and so that's that's the change that's created. And so, but. We have to do a great job of making sure they feel connected to this team and feel part of it, being developed and being allowed to be able to, to maximize the, and what they see for their future, for what they want to become. And so that's where we got to do a great job of that, you know. And, and so to me, you know, that's made it more challenging without question because, you know, it's continuity is a big deal. Consistency is a big deal. And the, the amount of change that's, that's being created because of this is makes it harder to build a team. But you know what? You got to adapt and you got to figure it out. That's why, for instance, this year, we brought 19 new guys in at the January, like we've already said. Well, you know what? We did accountability teams for our spring accountability instead of position groups. Why? Because we want those accountability teams to have 10 to 12 guys on them from all different positions. Why? To get them connected. O linemen with defensive backs. Quarterbacks with, you know, defensive linemen, linebackers with wide receivers, all mixed together, specialists. And those groups, they even said it after we did that, coach, that was a great way to get us. And they had to do things together throughout this semester. That's great. You know, and that's caused them to be able to spend time together. Well, that creates that connection that you have to have because great teams are connected teams. And that's, once again, that's a, that's a John, that's a John Gordon yeah. leadership, how you build a team principle. And so to me, we're going to spend this whole summer. And this is the cool thing about this summer, which we couldn't do the last couple of Summers is do activities together because now right. COVID's in the past. And so the, all those things go together towards building the best team and making these guys feel connected. And I think that helps them want to stay and be a part of it. Doesn't mean it guarantees that no one's going to leave, but at the same time, has the portal changed? It's changed everything. Yes. Yeah. The other thing, we talked about this not on the podcast, but we had a brief conversation before last season about NIL. Mm-hmm. That what was that going to look like? were players going to start asking questions about it. It was right when it was starting, and you said you, you forecasted that 
yeah, it's definitely going to be something that people talk about. It's going to come up. You know, recruits are going to want to know what opportunities are there. Obviously, you can't make an NIL deal with a recruit, but they're going to want to know what are current players getting. Correct. How has NIL shaped things for you in, on the recruiting trail and even just managing current players who now have the ability to make money? Yeah, interestingly, I would say the last recruiting class, if you think about it, most of them were committed to us prior to the start of their senior year. And the NIL would just went into effect in July. So right. it really didn't affect us in that class. There really wasn't a lot of discussion about it. Uh, but it started with the next class. Mm-hmm. And it's become a very big topic. You know, if you're just saying, hey, just what are your players? And so we're now able to say, hey, we have this, this, and this, right. which is awesome. And so, but yeah, I think it's, you know, and now there's, it's kind of what we all, there's, there's some, some very unique slash crazy interpretations of it (laughs) and how it's being utilized other places and different things. And so um, I don't know how that's all going to flesh itself out, but it's right now it's, you know, but that's kind of probably not the norm, you know, Uh, but there's outliers. There's no doubt. And one thing I will say though is this, and this is the part I really like, I love being able to reward the guys that are on our team. For And this is what I would say, you know, man, the guys have come here and been great people. They've done what they're supposed to do. They've shown themselves to be leaders on this team, and they produce. You know I what? I think Taiwan Mullen is a perfect Taiwan example. Taiwan Mullen's a perfect he example. He got to deal with the Hoosiers for he good, did. And I, which is awesome. Awesome, because you know what? Man, that guy is, I mean, he's a poster child for our program. Yeah. You know, that's, that's still, that's the paper he wrote on when he got in my office and we were sitting here, and he said, you know, 50, 20, 16, we're going to do all three of these. When I, and so, I mean, just that belief that he brought yes. to this program, and, and he's just a great teammate. I mean, and he's a great, you know, ambassador for Indiana football, for Indiana University. He goes to he is. all other sports events and supports them, and, and he's, on, he's social on social media. media yeah, he's a great sure. presence because he loves Indiana, and he came from South Florida, and, and down there they all know him. I'm telling you, it's just uh, – and they've seen him come here and become an All-American. First team All American, which is amazing to do as a sophomore, you know. So, so a kid like that, you love to be able to give him those opportunities because you know what? There, there's a need there as well, you know, for his family. So it's just a, an awesome thing, and I, and that's a part I like, you know. I always kind of you kind of worry about, hey, how's your locker room going to be, yes, and, you know? Nice. And and especially if a guy comes in, he's never done anything, and he he walks in the door. I, that's a tough dynamic now, and I, I we got to we got to learn to handle it. I mean, that's just kind of part of the job that we have now, and but that's it's team. Like I said, the best team. Ends on game day, and, and and it's not an individual sport. You know, you don't advance individually in football. I mean, so it's what you become together, and that's the challenge with all the changes with the portal as well as the NIL. They can be super positive things, but we got to manage them the right way. Um, one other, just kind of more Indiana specific, but a college football issue. As fans, it drives us insane how the Big Ten is split the conferences, the the divisions in the Big Ten, and it is set up not good for Indiana. I mean, it's just not fair. It is not equitable the way that the conference, the divisions are split. And I know Scott Dolson and the IU athletic department, it's something that they have discussed. Is it something you even think about? Um, do you get involved in that at all? Or, or does it, would that be something that like, just gets in the way of you just being on the one track of making your football team as good as it can. Yeah, I mean, cause that's something I don't control. You right. know, now Scott Dolson is super involved with that, and that's a huge objective. You know, I get it, and he's right, you know. And you think about the eight years we've had the divisions, you know, the, the East has won it every single year. Yes. The West has never won it. But four different teams from the from the East have won it. It's not like it's just one team dominating, right. you know. And so that's is what it is. The numbers are what they are. You can – they're pretty, pretty – uh, 
clear. But so yeah, for me, you know, with our, we never talk about it with a player ever. You know, and maybe at times a little bit with our staff, just because sure. it's it's become something that they're talking about right now, because that affects the playoff and it affects you know them trying to get. Everything. I mean, there's it does, a lot of it things. Recruiting. There's no it, question, right? I mean, like you know, it, yeah. So it's just it a very there's some pretty obvious things there. So, but that's a, a battle for somebody else to fight. Got it. And so that's why once it goes back, hey, if I can control that, that I'm gonna be more involved. You know? <laughs> so I don't, and so it was I don't control the schedule right the, the, the teams we're playing right now they were scheduled way before oh, i got here you know so to me you just focus on building the best football team to take the field in september 2nd 2022 coach you've been very generous with your valuable time one last question you said you got some fun stuff coming up this summer for the team what what's something you guys are doing this summer as a team building activity that you're looking for well to? the one i love the most is paintball because nice. I get to do it too, <laughs> so I love doing that. Yeah, I don't like getting hit because sure. it leaves welts. Okay, but there's an awesome course just up the road here, and we did it a few years ago. Had not been able to do it the last couple of years. We're going to do several things like that, and we'll play. We'll have the teams, and we'll compete, and they'll have a winner. And, but that's that's some cool I stuff. Now you compete hard. Oh like yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. There's no doubt. So it, that that that's something like that is, and the cat they love it. Yeah, they love it for sure. Uh, Congrats because your daughter is getting married soon. She That's is. That's a very exciting thing. Two weeks from tomorrow and uh, destination wedding That's in the Grand Tetons, which I've Incredible. never been to before. And uh, um, she's marrying a wrestler from here, Santos. And, and Keep it in the awesome family. family. Oh, yeah. So my our son married a softball player. Now our daughter's marrying a wrestler from Indiana. So just uh, we're Indiana through and through for sure. I love it. So exciting. Just got to know, what is your favorite current Bloomington restaurant? Do you have one that's a go-to for you and the wife? Well, you know what? I learned a tough lesson with that. If I say one, I offend the rest. <laughs> that's the truth. This guy, he's, you're getting I, too savvy. Well, we like you to shoot you, from the hip. And I, I, there are so many good restaurants yeah, yeah, in Bloomington. Yeah. There are. And, and there are. Great. There's amazing ones. And so I, I use a lot of them. Okay. And we use a lot of them, and okay. I enjoy them all. So least favorite. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, just before we end, season tickets last year went way up, right? Coming out of the COVID year and the excitement, season tickets went way up. I would imagine that there's some challenges there based on the performance last year. We bought our season mm -hmm. tickets uh, again, and we will be giving them out to fans throughout the year. When and, we can't make it back Yes, ourselves. when we can't make it, but we, are, we want people to buy season tickets. If you had the entire IU fan base fill in, Memorial Stadium and all of Bloomington, and you could speak to them. What message would you give them about why they should not turn turn away from Indiana because of what happened last year? What What do you want to say to them? Well, to me, it's it's about what we're building for the future. You know, yeah, you can focus on the past, but if you want to live your life that way, that's a terrible way to live. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why the when you drive your car, okay, the the window that you look at in the front, okay, is really really big. <laughs> right, and the rear view mirror is really, really small. Mm -hmm. And if I drive my car looking in that rear view mirror, I'm going to wreck. So I look through the window that's in front of me. So we're building for the future. We're building this program. We're building this, you know, 
a brand of football at Indiana. Uh, absolutely, last year was hard. I get that. But I, I believe in this team. I believe in this program. I'm so excited about what we're going to be in 2022. Another great schedule. Got a bunch of awesome games in, in Bloomington. Play one of the toughest schedules in America again, which is how, you know, we want it to be. And that's what it is. And so, but to me, it's about supporting these players. Man, they worked their tails off uh, for this university. And, and I believe our kids are going to play their hearts out. And I believe we're going to have a great 2022 season. So that to me is, you know, but we need you. I mean, we need the fans in the stands. The, it matters. It really, truly does. It affects the outcome of games. And, and I appreciate our fans so much and everything they've given us so far. Man. Just come back, keep coming, keep supporting these guys. And, and I believe in this team. Well, look, it is about the players, but it's also about you. We love you. We love what you're about. We love what you've brought to this team and this program. And beyond that, the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are a representative of this school and this state. And I can't think of a better representative like Taiwan Mullen is on the field. You are as a coach. And you're, you're about all the right things and the things that get us after every time we talk to you. Mm. We want to – I mean, we like you so much. We put pads on and hit each other out there. <laughs> Just for your energy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But we, we love what you're about. We love what this program is about. And uh, as long as you're here, we, we have faith that, uh, that it is going to be built in the right direction. Well, so. I appreciate that, Eric Moore. You guys are awesome. I love seeing you out there competing. <laughs> Coach, glad you're still walking. In, the, in your decades in football, have you ever had anybody have to ask you help them take off their helmet like I did yesterday? No, you were in a predicament, and I'd never seen that before. So. It's new straps. It's new straps. They were the buttons. It was they, some sort of like yeah, Our, our players do it pretty effortlessly, but you were struggling, <laughs> so I had to come in and help you. You did. You did. After laughing for about five oh, yeah. minutes. To the rescue. Thanks, All right, Coach. Thank yeah. you, man. You're welcome. Have an awesome day. Elio. That was a guest. That was a guest. Look. Last season didn't go how anybody wanted it to go. I know there there were some real dejected people and fans after that, and we were two of them. And nobody was more disappointed than Coach Tom Allen and his staff and those players. But screw it, man. I love the guy. I love what he stands for. I love what he's trying to build. I love how he's trying to build it. I love how much of himself he puts into it. I love how personal he gets with it, but also realizes there's a time where the personal has to end and you have to make tough decisions. But that he doesn't let that, he said it of like, I'm not going to live my life that way. And and I'm not going to shut down and make football, just football and personal life, personal life. Because when you are the head coach of Indiana university football, that is a all consuming job. You know, there's no doubt of any big time football coach, a a man who who takes time for his family, uh, his friends, uh, as much as you can, but it's so limited. So for him to be like, no, 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 this program, these players, the staff, they are my family. But, you know, sometimes I have to fire members of my family, too. Yeah, I'd like to fire some members of my family, to be quite honest. No, I've done it. It's rough. The difference between us and Tom Allen is I would enjoy (laughs) firing some of those people from my family um so i just love what he's building i i again i just love how he's building it and look he's he'll be the first to tell you you're graded as a football coach by wins and losses so we'll see what happens like they're building the word for this year is build let's see if they can build on what happened two years ago take what they learned last year from a a horrible year and build and you, you you said it. I'm not sure if it was in the body of that interview or not, but this is still the best recruiting class Indiana University's had in the modern era. It is. And we were all so over the moon with two seasons ago. It made last season that much more painful. But look, at any level of football, <clears throat> if 
if the quarterback position isn't right, you're not going to win many games, mm-hmm. period. Yep. And so I, I, along with what other, like out of 30 injuries, 20 were season ending. It was just like, it really was some real bad luck there too. So I think we all should enter into this season with some, some optimism, certainly compared to what happened last season. Totally agree. Uh, all right. So that was kind of the end of our football journey on this trip to Bloomington, but it definitely didn't end our Bloomington shenanigans because after that we were tired and it was time to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's, there's the naps where you're like, Oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. It might make me more tired for the rest of the night. But when you're in Bloomington and it's little five week and you know that the party don't stop till the break of dawn, you're like, you can go take like a two hour nap at 5. PM and get up with plenty of time, which is exactly what we did. (laughs) We napped. We then started our circuit a little, we did a pre-dinner circuit and landed at little Zagreb's. And look, what we did before that was we did the, the Monon Trail, the little uh, the walk there yeah. a little bit. We strolled yeah. that. We almost saw a bunny cause several accidents. Yep, we did. Um, which I guess also happened at Little Five. I think there was a bunny incident really? there too. Well, there was also a monument to the captain of Star Trek Deep Voyager. Voyager? Yeah. A, yeah, Voyager. I mean, look, guys, there is a statue of a plaque and like a 3D statue of Kate Mulgrew who is the captain of the Star Trek Voyager, because apparently the writer or executive producer went to Indiana. And wrote this character as somebody- From Bloomington. Yes. Weird, but okay. You know, not unprecedented in that uh, watching for the first time ever, this was 20 years ago, Planet of the Apes with Annie, my wife, and that the uh, Charlton Heston character actually is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he learned to speak English because the apes were asking, where did you learn to speak? He goes, Jefferson Middle School, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that's also where Annie went to middle school. So now I, I don't it. know if Fort Wayne has a monument built yes. to the Charlton Heston character. I would like that, just a giant ape. They should. Well, no, no Charlton's the human, right? <laughs> but they should do an ape. Yeah, next to him. Yeah, exactly. It should be him talking to an ape. But I actually love that, incorporating both fictional and, and this is one thing, we love The Graduate. We want the graduate. We love the Jane Pauley, the Kevin Klein, the Hoagie Carmichael. Get Jonathan Banks in there. Get Sage Steele in there. Get Mark Cuban in there. There's so many uh, relevant uh, luminaries luminaries uh, from Indiana University who have really put uh, their mark and continue to in pop culture. Let's get that going because I'm super proud of all those those alone. Went to Zagreb's. Um, I mean, just it's awesome. I just loved it. I got the super filet. I was watching my weight. I got for the first time ever, and not last time ever, because it was amazing. The lamb, lamb chops, mm, awesome! Mm, I love mm, lamb chops. Mm, mm. Here's why you love those items. They keep tweaking. They keep making things better. You know what they did mm-hmm. with those bread rolls? Oh, I do. They made them garlic rolls. Oh. They they put a little garlic seasoning on them. They came out warm. You put a little, you don't even need the butter. You didn't need the butter. Not for the first one. But then the butter is good. Yeah, yeah. But excellent. They, they they take them from the grill and wind sprint them to your table. So they're they're so hot to the touch. They're coming off the same grill. They make the steaks on same grill. Mwah. Love Zagreb's. Got to talk to some folks there that that are Hoosier hysterics themselves we got to meet uh the softball coach we did not the head softball coach I don't believe I think the assistant softball coach uh I think they had a rough outing against Northwestern who was ranked like 10th in the country by the way this weekend but then the circuit started again 
And well, and this is what like we realized with the circuit. We don't drink. Right. And 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 you go into a bar and it's so loud that like really the essence of us going back to Bloomington is talking with people, interacting with people, fellow IU fans who want to talk about the state of the program, particularly now because it's so exciting. Why wait in a line of a hundred people to go into where it's really loud and limit the number of people we interact with? Because when we're moving, they're moving. I mean, it was how many people do you think we had uh, an interaction with this? At least a hundred. Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I do want to say this though. We did go into one bar, the Bluebird, because it is our favorite place for many reasons, not the least of which Ward's wife Annie played the Bluebird many times as the lead singer of Jack Fife. We've seen many a live show there. And we did our event there in 2019. The coach and I came back for so it holds a special place. We love the owner, Dave. We love the bartender and manager, general manager Hayden. Hayden. Uh and we love it for one other reason. One of us does. Because we walked into the Bluebird, we ran into some people that we knew, and it happened to be right in front of a picture that is up for time in memoriam. I blocked it out of my memory. I forgot it was there. The picture of the event where their coach Knight is there commanding the stage, and there next to him is Eric Pankowski in full Indiana suit head to toe. And Eric is clearly there, you know, paying reverence to Coach Knight on stage with him. This moment that is seared into the lore of Indiana University basketball history. Eric and Coach Knight and no one else. Not a soul to be seen. Not even Ward Roberts, who is just to the right of Coach Knight. Physically closer to Coach Knight than you were. Cut off in the picture. (laughs) And we forgot that it was there until we see it. I just was in in this conversation. I just kind of casually looked to the right and saw it. And I was hurt all over again. The greatest thing the Bluebird's (laughs) ever done. Oh, and we do happen to have a video of that. We'll play it right now. Yeah, that was great. I'm really glad we saw that. You got that video. And, you know, just to keep with the theme of making each other feel good, we were doing the circuit. Again, just talking with a a, a group of folks. We're all happy, having a good time. And then this booming voice comes out of nowhere, approaching from behind. And the line that we all, it slowly dawned on us what was said as as, as it was getting closer to us was, Damn, you fucking bald. <laughs> he was talking to me, just to clear it up. <laughs> but the whole group, you, me, like the four people we were talking to, it all took us about the same long beat to realize after it was said and after he passed by what exactly he said and who he was talking to. I mean, just <laughs> and it just cuts you down to size real quick. You're feeling good about yourself. You're talking to people who are a fan of the podcast. And then you hear that and it's like, yeah, I mean, he's right. He is absolutely right. (laughs) Well, and then it opened up this whole thing, which, you know, we could get back into here briefly since it's a favorite topic of yours. 
that you were asking people on a live Twitter stream later if they, when they see you, if they think this is a choice for you or if it's a result of male pattern baldness. Right. To which me, I'm like, well, of course, at your age, everybody assumes it's male pattern baldness. Like a hundred out of a hundred people. No, no. Yeah. Do not believe that it's a hundred out of a hundred. This is this is where we really didn't get proper feedback from the, the Twitter stream, where I'd like to open it up now for people commenting on the episode, on the video, wherever you want to put it out there. Did you think this was a choice for Eric or that maybe nature made this choice for him? Yep. Uh, so the circuit ends that night. Uh, and now we get to go to sleep because the next day is a big day because it is little five day Saturday. Huge day. And we wake up and we did something that we decided we wanted to do before we got to this trip, which is dive headfirst into the new jargon that has become part of the lexicon of Indiana University basketball and Peeg subscribers specifically. There was a post the morning of the breakfast where Malik Renault committed to Indiana University. The title of the post was Bedrock at 930. Were you hoping I would do that with you? Yeah, that's why I was doing this. I think it's 9.30 at Bedrock. Take two. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out. I won't. I'm too okay. lazy. 9.30 at Bedrock. So we decided for the first time to go to Bedrock Cafe, be there at 9.30, and just have a little fun, met with our friend Evan Martin from communitycars.com, and have a breakfast. He warned us. Evan warned us. What are you doing? I'm sorry, we're, it's really important that we talk about the fine eateries in Bloomington. And when they ain't great, it's up to us to tell the people that too. Now, you can disagree with me, but French I, toast bites were awesome. Were they? I loved them. Those were. Hash okay. browns were good. I'm telling you. My omelet was fine. I loved it. You didn't like your meal. You're changing your tune a little bit, but I respect it. You've been in community. I like the hash browns. I like my omelet. I like the French toast bites. That's what I'm going to say. Did you have to go to the bathroom immediately after your meal like I did? No. Yes, you did. I had to go to the bathroom immediately after every meal. Okay, that's fair. Okay. I mean, well, that's all, just how all it right. works. All right. Then I won't, I won't cast dispersions across the, the entire menu, but I had the, the cornbread waffle with shit sauce all over it. It was terrible. Jesus. The whole thing was off. Well, so much for Bedrock being a sponsor of the show. I'm not going to go back there. Oh, my God. All right, let's move on. <laughs> then it was time for Little Five. So we got the cigars. We did a big walk from the graduate to tailgating for Little Five, met up with some Hoosier hysterics over at the SAE tailgate, and head on over to Little 500, the first time I had ever been. I don't know. I mean, I, was in a, I wasn't in a frat. I was in a dorm. So it was never like something that was really personal to me at Indiana. But I'm upset that I never went. And got to go and walking around the track beforehand and talking to people and seeing all the fraternities sitting together. That was exciting. Ch people doing chants. I did love the pomp and circumstance. Got our seats. For about five minutes. For about five laps. <laughs> and then I realized this is a long ass race. Maybe they make it little 50. Can they make it the little 50? For I could do that. For, yeah, I don't think they'll do that for you. By the way, this is not to denigrate the people doing it. I can't believe the shape these guys are in. Well, and, and the women the day before. And when you don't really have a horse in the race. Because to me, again, uh, I was I was there for it because Lambda Chi Alpha qualified 16th 
And I've learned actually like the Brotherhood's doing well. There's like 140 active members. They're wearing their, their green and yellow. I'm there for it. But then in within the first 20 laps, they have not one but two chains break on their bikes and are like 12 laps down in dead last place before really a blink of an eye. Yeah. So love <sighs> the environment, love the pomp and circumstance. The middle 190 laps, I am not a big fan of. <laughs> it's 200 laps, by you the did, way. You did get a really good uh, video of it. Slow-mo. I think we should show them how good you are as a cinematographer. decided to leave the little five and walk right next door to where there was a track meet going on, Indiana and like 20 schools. At least I think it might've been more like 70, 80 schools. Is that for real? No, I was just oh. kidding. But it was a lot. Like you couldn't keep track of it. All the different heats. It was like the, the Midwest Olympics. Here's the takeaway from that. There was pole vaulting going on, long jumping, 400 meter races, uh, javelin throwing, high jump. The shape that these young athletes are in is staggering when you just think about the the 100 plus little five riders everybody who's at that track and field meet the football and basketball how many riders are there in little five well let's you got 32 teams. i know how many it is right now i know that's uh 128 incorrect there's 33 teams right so it's 66 plus 66 which is there's four riders right yeah Okay, 33 times four, or what is it? Yep. Go ahead, 66 plus 66. Is that right? Yeah, this is 66 plus 66. You can, didn't, can you, didn't. but you're, you're stalling. It's, 100, it's 132. It's 126 plus six. It's 132. Which is 126 plus six. We're saying the same thing. Yes, but it took you a while. No, I was. We learned on this trip I'm better at math than you. Eric was really throwing basic <laughs> math in people's faces during this trip. <laughs> Well, you got five donuts you, or four of them. That's 20. <laughs> four orders of five, 20 donuts. Um, so <clears throat> went to the track and field thing, came back, watched a little bit more of little five, left little five, walked back through campus uh, where it was time for a little bit of a rest as, as little five ended. Big shout out to the winners. Fidelts. Fidelts won. Are no, you 100% on that? I'm 100% on that. I do. Uh, my, my dad was a FISI. He was in the house at the same time as David Blaze. They were who, the favorites. Yeah, and, and they won three out of four years when my dad was there. Of course, David Blaze wrote Breaking Away. But what David Blaze actually did was a disservice to the Greek system because he knew nobody would want to watch a movie where like the fraternity guys win. Mm. So instead of, of basing it on, he based it on the Fidelts, but he made it the Cutters. So then it created this culture around Little Five where independence, non-fraternity 
uh, students would get together and form these super teams. And in the, the, the women's race the day before, the, the super team of cutters, she, and they have a different name, I forget right. what it was, but just one rider from that team lapped the field twice. Yeah, the winners won by lapping the field twice and the, the best rider rode 50 of the 100 laps. And, and so for the men's race, what I learned after the fact was, uh, that, that the Fidel's winning was actually a victory for the whole Greek system because they had not won in eight years. Oh, eight years? Yes, because you have, if you're looking at it, the Greek system, you at the most have about 100 guys or 100 gals to pull from, but the cutters can kind of pick and choose out of 30,000. And there's several independent teams now, and they're they're quite dominant these days, it turns out. By the way, somebody's going to fact check us on the eight-year thing. I think it's six years. Just just because you want to No, I think I read that me? it was 2016. I think I had a drunk frat guy tell me eight. Let's go with six. <laughs> it's either six or eight. Let's hope one of us is right. Uh, and then we were told like, hey, you know, because everybody's been drinking, because there was an no joking about this, there was a shooting the night before in, in Bloomington that's just awful. And I mean, why do you got to ruin what is just a magical weekend? It's just awful. I don't think anybody passed away. I hope everybody recovers fully from that. But we've been told Saturday night might not be as good of a night because of all those factors coming in. And the beginning of the night seemed like it was thinner. But we're still not acclimated to the idea that 930 is before things even start. Right. So we started our night up at Upstairs Pub. We did go into Upstairs because former IU Hoosier Joey Brunk was in town. But I will say Joey Brunk will always be an Indiana Hoosier. I agree. And uh, to be there with him. And, and again, it's just and not just him with Grayson, Grayson Medina, IU basketball manager. Um, and these guys individually, great dudes together. I love them. I love them as a, They're a comedy duo. They, they really are. We're, we're talking about a, a, a TV show idea based on um, these two guys. And, and like with Joey, because he was raised the Hoosier fan and look what he, he, he went to Ohio state hoping for better opportunities, but he's back now and, and forever, you know, he's one of us. Yes. His girlfriend's at IU. Yep. So we got to hang out with Joey, see what he's up to. Then started our circuit again, met up with Tom Ostrom, who was in town, got to chat it up with Tommy O, which was fun. Uh, I think Tommy was like, do I really want to be like a 50 year old guy amidst all of these college people who are just drinking ridiculously. He, he basically wanted to meet us in the, the dark alleyways outside yeah. the graduate hotel. And we were like, no, 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 you got to join us. So we're just at a picnic bench outside pizzeria, which is like part of like the circuit. And the whole thing that's so great about going to IU now is that two cigar smoking guys like us who don't need to stand in line for a beer can just sit down anywhere on, on, on Kirkwood and not only hang out with Tom and catch up with him, but then Joey and Grayson and, and their troop comes by and we get to see Tom and Joey and, and Grayson reunite and they hadn't seen each other in a bit. It's, it's a place where everybody can come together. It is. And uh, it was on fire. Kirkwood was, as Ward coined the phrase, crackling. Crackalacking. You did not say that. I did, I did say crackalacking. No, you did not. You I did. said crackling first. And I then said, it's cracking. It's popping off. And you said, no, it's crackling. No, crackalacking. No, you've, you have since introduced crackalacking. But that is not what you said that night. I did. All right. Uh, that ended our little five extravaganza. Tons of interaction well, with people. Not quite. What you, went to, you went to bed. 
and I went to baked. Yeah, you did. We did do baked the night before too. Uh, we did. We yeah. missed that. Uh, I had chocolate mousse earlier in the day. After little five, we went to Buffaloes to have a little midday snack. But not just Buffaloes. We grabbed some chips and guac that we got free from a street team. Yeah, they, from they, Cadoba. They were they were aggressive and maybe not. Uh, Full disclosure with what would go on when you went into claiming yeah. free queso. They they were selling. They were selling snake oil salesmen, or in this case, queso selling, uh, snake queso selling. And we're sitting outside at Buffaloes at the at a bench. Directly behind Ward is the entrance to the chocolate mousse. We've eaten our wings. We've eaten our Cadoba queso, which was excellent. And I say to Ward, I think I'm gonna go get some chocolate mousse. And Ward's like, you really want to walk over there? It's nowhere near here. Ward, turn to your right. And there is chocolate mousse. The same chocolate mousse that we had discussed earlier in the trip, how they opened a new location right next to Buffaloes. Was this before or after you said, hey, let's just take a circle around the square? And I was like, yeah. First and of then, all, and then, the so, phrase is not circle around the square. Let's circle the square. I guess I was just trying to make it a little easier to understand. But now we've got that established as you and I had, because I said, yeah, right after you said it. Yeah. yeah. So then about half a block later, you kind of look around. You've been struck by a thought and you share with me the idea. Hey, let's just circle the square. Yep. Neither one of us has a fully functioning brain is what we're talking about. Yeah, I think I think everybody knows why mine's not fully functioning. Functioning. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect timing. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Ward does not have a fully functioning Feng shui, feng shui brain. It was a long week. And that ended around 2 to 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. We had a flight at 6 a.m. We tried to get food early. McDonald's was closed. The McDonald's on the, what is that? As you're heading down 45. That's still 46. college. That, yeah. Walnut. It's still Walnut. Still Walnut. And the light, it's lit up like a Christmas tree. There's people inside eating and we're like, great, we can grab some Mickey D's breakfast on the way out. Turns out- They were it, closed for 45 minutes. Yeah, and, and it was like, it was 4 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Oh, we arrived at like 4.08. Yeah, really disappointing. But we did get a McGriddle at the Indianapolis airport. Nailed it. So good. Uh, and that was our Bloomington trip for Little Five. Look- it was amazing. Bloomington is such a special place. It is such a special place. I also want to give a special shout out. We met so many people who talked about the NIL activities and the Hoosier Hysterics Collective. And so many of them saw us, thanked us for it, and then minutes later contributed via hhnil.com. Why did they do that? Because Eric said the terms for us to take a photograph with you is for you to contribute to the NIL collective. I actually saw him take one woman's phone and bring up the website on her phone. You can get a lot of money from people when they are three sheets to the wind. <laughs> a lot. So amazing place, amazing people. Love coach Tom Allen, love coach Shelby and coach Joss and coach Jordan Hicks. By the way, coach Joss is Cam, coach Cam, Henry. coach Jordan, coach Henry, Coach Shelby, and of course, Tom, of, we've been what, talking for a while. What's his name? Coach Tom Allen. And what about Jeff? Who takes Jeff Keeg, who runs communications for the IU football program. Amazing guy. Been there for a long time as well. And really stunning <laughs> eyes. Jeff, really? Jeff, Jeff, Jeff has these eyes that are Windows good. to the soul. Truly. So follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. 
for the hysterics, no E, no I, but the sometimes why. Nailed it! From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know, 